Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. As the Mail puts it this morning, 10 days to freedom. Um, and uh, there are key dates, I suppose, if you were to sum it all up. May 10th, May 17th, June 2nd, June 7th. Would we agree on that? And a lot of different things happening in all of those dates. But um, the Taoiseach says he's hopeful that we will never go back to uh, any kind of lockdowns going forward if we do it slowly and in a measured way like he feels we're doing right now. So 10 days to freedom, they say. The echo this morning, hope is returning. Restrictions to ease across May and June. What was legal? yesterday of course turned out to be true very much so and he's offering a message of hope as he did last night I thought he was uh, thought he gave a pretty good performance last night but then again it was all good news so it's much easier to give a good performance in cases like that I suppose like the key dates are lined in all of the papers today and they've all sorts of graphics regarding the dates doesn't really matter which one you pick up the tabloids do it particularly well they break it down into all sorts of different areas like click and collect coming back on uh, the 10th of May in store appointments as well actually um, and then you're looking at Lots of different changes to people that you can meet and the amount of people you can meet and whether you're vaccinated or not. Uh, But certainly by May 10th, we're looking at that. Personal services, hairdressers, things like that. We spoke about that on the air yesterday morning. Uh, Funeral changes, uh, some slight wedding changes, all of the inter-county travel resuming, all of that from May 10th. There's a date ahead of it for the 4th of May where all construction will be back again. Then the 17th of May, we look at all retail allowing to open. That's an interesting date, the 17th of May. And the 20th, then on the 2nd of June, hotels, B&Bs, self-catering, hostels. Imagine, would somebody steer me in the right direction here. Would that also mean that um, you could also go back to your mobile homes and things like that by, by June 2nd? Leisure facilities, um, now, there would be still restrictions in place with regards to, uh, you know, food and drink and that won't change until uh, the 7th of June. So we'll come back to all of that. But also, you're looking at gyms and swimming pools and leisure centres, things like that, all coming back on the 7th. And outdoor sports matches as well. Uh, no spectators, mind you. And changes then to weddings where you can increase to the amount of people to attend a wedding celebration or reception. <laughs> I mean, who'd have thought like that people might be celebrating the fact that it go up to 25? But all of the papers of the road to reopening. Uh, copper face Vax is a front page in the, uh, on the front of the mirror this morning. There must have been some jibe going on between uh, Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar as to when they could go back to copper face jacks. I mean, I can see, I can see Leo Varadkar with a cold one in his hand and copper-faced jacks, can't you? But I just can't see uh, Micheál Martin. Uh, more than likely, uh, see him in, in one or two pubs around the south side, maybe, or even inside in the Long Valley with a pint of stout, but not copper-faced jacks. They were wondering as to whether they could get back there. Um, split ends in sight. Of course, that's a headline making the star today. has more to do with the hairdressers coming back and the barbershops coming back and people desperate to get their hair sorted. And tanning services, we found out on the air yesterday morning. Turn on. June in, dine out. That's beautifully put on the front page of The Sun this morning where they call it a summer of fun being promised by the Taoiseach last night. Um, And 200,000 will go back to work and 15,000 businesses will reopen in May. And that really is what we should be looking at a little bit more. We've got builders going back and retailers going back and hairdressers going back and before that hospitality will be coming back and all the ancillary services that provide product or services to those businesses will all be back as well. But interestingly, the Star says that over 220,000 over 60s who are eligible now 
uh, to register for their COVID vaccine have not done so. 220,000 of the over 60s are yet to register. I don't know whether they just haven't got around to it or they're of a rebellious age, but it's a story that makes the start today. And the mail does a question and answers with regards to the COVID cert. Um, and what they really need across the European Union on this is unity, of course. And I think there's a lot of suspicion within, within Irish government circles about the travel certificate. Now, it'll be a long way yet before you'll be looking at anything like that. But when it comes up, it'll be a QR code. <coughs> um, you can either have a paper version, but more importantly, I suppose, and everybody will go for, uh, perhaps those of you that have mobile phones, that is, a mobile phone digital version of it, which would be a QR code. When it's scanned then, it will reveal individuals' personal data and their COVID status as to whether they have been vaccinated, whether they've had one or two. And that then would allow you to travel across the European Union. But hotels and guest houses and restaurants can operate as normal, uh, faster than anybody else, offering indoor dining from June 2nd. Uh, And I think that the um, uh, Restaurant Association of Ireland are rather unhappy with that. They're saying, why is it, or is it being suggested now that hotels are safer than restaurants when it comes to serving food though so that's an interesting but uh, sadly and a lot of dismay uh, for the arts and entertainment and people involved in drama and music and things like that because they have no guideline as of yet as to how their industry is going to be rolled out in the foreseeable future interestingly the times says this morning four and a half thousand children didn't return to school when they reopened following uh, covid closures i can understand that actually because i spoke to a number of parents on air weeks back who didn't send their children back because they were just too uh, nervous about uh, vaccine, I'm sorry, about about COVID outbreaks. And you heard the story in the 9 o'clock news of the Rochestone Road, which was closed off last night. Why? Armed Gardaí at the scene. There was a, an organised search operation and there was a shot fired. It wasn't fired by members of the Gardaí, but five people were arrested there. Um, and it was an organised one. Uh, not only were the Gardaí there, but there was the detective unit there, the regional support unit there, and the armed support unit there conducting a search of the premises. So the uh, echo picks up on that one this morning and um, a shot was fired and all sorts of implements were seized in the in the actual house itself but it gives you an example as to what the guardie have to deal with on a daily basis and then uh, interestingly i'll come back to this in a few minutes time this is a, a juvenile um underage so we're not going to know who he is uh, but he was before banned in court yesterday uh, why uh, breaking into cars stealing keys stealing jackets and just acting the mug uh, underage, so therefore we won't know who that person is. But it just goes to show that those that are doing the thieving and the robbery, sometimes they're juveniles. The MV Alta makes the papers today. They figure that that fire on board, this is the 80-meter freighter which was driven on rocks during Storm Dennis uh, back in uh, February of last year. Uh, firefighters had to fight to stop the blaze, but they figure that it possibly could have been started intentionally. And Jumbo Cairns gets a few words with Ian Bailey. Not much, uh, but he does get a couple of words with him regarding the split uh, with Jules Thomas. And apparently in the mirror this morning, um, uh, Ian Bailey is saying, yes, uh, it's very upsetting. I'm devastated, to be honest, by the breakup. We've been together a very long time, and it's like another part of my life has suddenly been taken away from me. So that's the story that makes the mirror today. Uh, and I'm wondering how many people have actually walked away from social media have quit Facebook, have quit Twitter, have shut down their Instagram account and just walked away from social media. I'd love to have chats with the people who have done that. Either text 0868104106 or get in touch by email, neil at redfm.ie. I mention it because every English football club will join a social media boycott today for four days. It's to protest online hate 
And God knows it's bad online, isn't it? So they will all be turning off Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for four days. Has anybody quit? Text 0868104106. I think it's an absolute disgrace. A total disgrace. What's happening to Ted Hastings? Those of you that, like me, are watching Line of Duty. It's a complex plot, isn't it? But then again, you got to watch it, don't you? And it's not a bad thing that it's being rolled out week by week rather than all of it been dumped all seven episodes. But, of course, we've got the last episode on Sunday night. Who's the bent copper, lads? Or maybe it's more than one. What? Almost sounded like Ted Hastings. What? I won't say any more than that because, as usual, I'd be accused of spoiling the plot for those of you that are behind the eight ball. But Sunday night, the last one, poor old Ted Hastings. I mean, it's an awful thing to be happening to him. And mother of God Almighty, is there any fairness in the world? And really and truly, we should all give up spray deodorants. You might be that little bit smellier, but what the hell? The planet will thank you for it. It's a story that makes the star today. And wouldn't it be great to be up in Oran Moor in the County Galway? There was a song about it. Their town is now going to be tested by an Irish drone startup, which will deliver to the people of Oran Moor um, anything from curries to ice creams to books to COVID-19 test kits in minutes. Wouldn't you love if they were testing a Cork town like Cove or Middleton or Ballancolig or Douglas? <laughs> Drones. I mean, you know, pizza, nappies, ran out of milk, all by drone. It's a great world we live in all the same. Just reminds me, actually, I got to bang off a text to Eco and order some curries for tonight. The Neil Prenderville Show. Yeah, yeah, I can't see Eco delivering by drone anytime soon, but there you go. Actually, lines open 1-850-104-106. A free food Friday as well, courtesy of yourselves and Oak Farm Pizza. I'll tell you more about what you'll get a little later this morning, but get texting now who you are and where you are. Text 086-8104-106. We got lots and lots of pizza vouchers to give away. The large ones with sides. So text 0868-104-106. Seamus Whelan was out in the city asking people what they thought of the roadmap for easing restrictions yesterday. I'll give you that in a few minutes' time. And also, I want to tell the story a little later on of the incredible shrinking man. Corkman Ben Lenahan, who was way out in the Middle East and has been in three or four different Middle Eastern countries for his job. And in the course of a few months, while stuck in a hotel room literally lost huge amounts of weight. It's a great story, more on that later. But I mentioned there one of the stories regarding a juvenile who stole keys and jackets and went on a bit of a a tour around West Cork, breaking into some cars. It's a story that makes the examiner this morning. um, And it's a warning from the guardee to everyone. The judge said, um, everyone, leave nothing in your cars, lock every car outside your home. He was dealing with the case of keys stolen from one car and later found in a second stolen car. The amount of people that are being broken into these days. And unfortunately, amongst them is poor old Samuel. Samuel, good morning. Hi, Daniel. When did this happen? Yesterday? Um, on the 28th, which is Wednesday. On Wednesday. In, in what happened, month. my man? Were you parked up? What was the deal? What happened? Um, I finished work at about 12. Arrived home, say, um, um, 10 past midnight. Um, I have the car in front of the door because I was meant to get up again early morning at about half five. So oh I said God. I just leave everything. Oh go into the house. Yeah, you don't then. get much sleep, do you? My God. Went to bed. Yeah. Next morning? Um, I got up in the morning at about half five, got into the car, realized um, the paperwork that I left in the car was not usually the way I said. Maybe it's, it's just, you know, like it's kind of a, you know, when you, drive there could be movement with 
stuff that you have in the car. And I realized the, the glove box was left open. I said, but I didn't do this last night. I just dropped the car and I went into the house. Yeah. So instinct, instinctively, instinctively, I said, I just, I take a look at my wallet. There was two wallets. Um, there's one on the on the on the driver's door where I usually keep small bit of cash, say ten, fifteen, or twenty euros, just for in case. And then there was a bigger wallet underneath the seat. Think um, that had in it my my, um, my passport, bank card, and all the credit card and and everything, which is very personal. I realized those two were gone, and then I really know that this something had happened overnight. Was there cash uh, taken, Samuel? Um, in the wallet in which the passport was, I think there was about 260 euros. They're about it. I gotta ask you, man. I just gotta ask you. What are you doing leaving bank cards, passports and a wallet full of cash in the car? Yeah, that's a good question. But You must be usually, kicking yourself over that. Usually, I be reluctant to do that. But what happened is, I had you know the um, I had a packet of face mask on the side of the car with money that I withdrew from the bank that was in it as well. But that was not touched because maybe it was seen as a face mask thing. You know, there was even more money in it. In it, yeah. How much? Um, four eighty. 480, I'm delighted the thief missed 480 euro. He'll so, be kicking himself. That made me very happy. That would have got me gutted if I didn't see that. So I took that and I realized everything was exactly the way it was. But why did you leave the bones nearly 800 bucks in the car? Like, I did a bit of a delivery the whole night. And when they came back at 12, I said, I just do what I have to do. Get to bed. Just forget. No, I was no, I didn't forget. I was meant to get up in the morning, do my runs, and then bring the kids to school before I used the money for the purpose intended. That's why I just said I'd I'd, I'd leave it go. I know. Usually, it doesn't happen. I know. Well, it was just on the night that you did the opportunistic thief. Any idea how they got? Like, does it have does it have um, taxi signs on the side doors and the roof and everything? Unfortunately, it's a taxi and it's very visible from a distance. Yeah, see, they, uh, they could be thinking, they could, they could think, ah, there might be 20 euro in that with change or there might be something in it. But they hit the jack, jackpot. How do they get in or he get in or she get in? I think it was from the back, but whatever device was used, I'm still dreaming. I don't have a clue because um, it's an I-40, um, Hyundai I-40. So I think they must have gotten through the back. The yeah. back, uh, the back boat. I do, was that was that enforced? What what was what was used to open the back boat? I don't I don't know, but there could be you could see like a bit of a scratch. Yeah, that you know, I know. I know. Maybe I know. it's I know. through there. You know. What are you going to do without the passport now? Is it an Irish passport? A Cameroon passport? What kind? It's an Irish passport. Yeah. So I went straight up to the guard on um, Toka guard station. Yeah, and I made the report of what um, had gotten missing, and they were to verify if there are like cameras installed around the vicinity, which there isn't, unfortunately. And is in no the Douglas area, there. isn't 
did this is in in up in Donnybrook on the yeah. Montpellier Road. Yeah, I know, I know. And we've been living in this address for the past decades, and nothing has never happened like this. There are more and more opportunistic break-ins now than ever before. In fact, the one I was referring to there, the court reports, is a juvenile underage. Unfortunately, they hit the jackpot with you. It could have been an awful lot worse, as you say. But with small three, three small kids, and work is tough now for taxi drivers. There's not much work around. That was hard-earned money. It, it, it's ridiculously difficult, Neil. And this is a place where we usually leave the door open and go to church and come back without even thinking. But um, it, it got me, maybe we'd have to do something to install um, a security alarm or maybe, I don't know, a recording camera in front of the door. Yeah, but well, it might just be a one-off because it's the only uh, taxi in that housing estate. Yeah, yeah. And we are, we are just like second door away from the main road so you might easily jump in and out they're ro- they're just roaming around in the middle of the night and they may have uh, somebody dropping them off outside of estates or whatever in a car you know so as not to attract attention and they're just chancing their arm everywhere they go um, that's and- what I think and Neil I just said this, where the car was stuck right in front of the door somebody might get into the car and out and even like neighbors might think it's myself doing that you know because it's actually in the door but does your alarm not go off if somebody you know you alarm the car and somebody gets into it without your fob surely it starts beeping no the problem is if the car is being locked and you are not so far away with the keys right it doesn't lock uh, automatically you know it's still kind of recognize the presence of the key yeah so the alarm won't go off in that case. So you're because it was too close to the house. Absolutely. Oh, for God's sake! So I mean, sorry about the money. Sorry about the bank card, which you obviously will cancel. Uh, but you're uh, mad keen to get the passport back, yeah? Desperate. Desperate. It could have been dropped or thrown somewhere. You'd never know. I just plead for whosoever is having it or even know anything for this individual to be so kind. Do whatever thing he wants to do with the money, but then throw the wallet in a public place, any public vicinity. Okay, okay, okay. Well, if anybody listening can shed any light on it, or if anybody comes across it, I'll be back to you again. Is that all right with you? Neil, I'm so glad. If, if he is listening or a friend is listening, just throw the wallet in a public place. I'll be delighted. Pray for him. You really would? It'd break his neck. Oh, would you really pray for him? I will. Really? I really, really, like, to get a passport, except, I, I don't know, and we're meant to travel home uh, to Cameroon, and I, I, like, I can't really plan every, anything without a passport. You can get a new one, but it'll take a little time. It'd be better to circumvent that and get it back. I think Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I have the applications. I spoke to the guys yesterday. I have the form. I could go online, but I just said I hang on a little bit and just see what's going to happen. I got you. I got you. All right. Let, let's see if we can help. But let this be a warning. Isn't it true? Leave nothing, absolutely nothing in your cars. For God's sake. Right to be, Samuel. Listen, I'll be back to you if we hear anything. Thanks for taking the call. Regards to you. I really appreciate you. And I okay, really my friend. Me. God Take bless. care. Cheers. Take care. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick it up after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Red FM. So lots of stuff happening from May tenth, of course, including intercounty travel, which can be resumed. Also, just on a point of clarification, I just saw it on the screen there a second ago. Apparently. 
Uh, for those of you with mobile homes and like in mobile home parks, people can go to their second home or their mobile home as well from May 10th. And the Taoiseach said that this morning, not last night, but this morning, which leads me to believe that mobile home parks and sites like that will all open on the 10th of May. When you rule it, roll ahead then into, into June, of course, you'll be looking at um, the 7th of June for outdoor dining, yeah, and outdoor drinks, which would be restaurants and bars all re- recommencing. And of course, um, they will limit the groups to six people by all accounts, but no, no time limit. Now, um, a little, a little later then, of course, we'll be looking at, um, you know, traditional pubs, but when that happens, um, one wonders whether there'll be kind of limits on the amounts there, but you certainly won't be indoors anytime soon. So even when the traditional pubs happen, it'll be outdoors, but ahead of them will be hotels, bed and breakfast, self-catering, hostels, all of that can reopen, um, leisure facilities, um, you know, the indoor restaurant and uh, the indoor bar services within hotels, for instance, but I believe it's going to be restricted to overnight guests and residents only. Uh, the uh, Restaurant Association have their nose out of joint in that one because they're saying, what's the difference between people eating indoors in a hotel and people eating outdoors or indoors uh, in a restaurant a little bit sooner? But uh, hotels will get the green light on uh, June the 2nd to rock on. Um, Of course, on May 17th, all remaining retail will be allowed to reopen and you can imagine what that's going to be like when people want to get back shopping and what have you. But with regards to hotels and what have you, Frankie Whelan is the owner of the Montanati Hotel. He joins me by phone. Frankie! Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Are you ready? You've got... um, You've probably been open for Essential anyway, but uh, are you excited about June 2nd? Uh, really, really excited and, and really excited on behalf of, you know, almost 150 uh, members of our team who will be coming back to full-time employment and uh, being able to actually have a sustainable wage coming into their uh, into their homes. It's fantastic news. We're, we're, we're so eager. Um, we've been like a lonely troop of French legionnaires wandering through the desert, being picked off by other sectors, taking our good people, etc. But we'll come through this and we'll come through this. So, I mean, do you think that there might be a, a labour issue for for hotels and what have you, trying to get all staff back because they will have migrated to other professions? Uh, without doubt, I think it's the um, outside of the the, the financial concerns that um, is probably the biggest issue because uh, we have the entire sector. Um, right across our colleagues in restaurants, bars, hotels, uh, and other supplier industries, which are really important also, um, all looking for key members of team at the same time. Yeah. And uh, uh, even in a normal year, you know, we are an industry that, uh, that has quite a degree of turnover. Um, so, uh, you know, this is just going to be accentuated. Now, there will be inter-county travel by June 2nd. So who do you expect your guests will be? Okay, so um, I, I think we'll remain to, you know, uh, service the uh, essential uh, workers. Uh, I think that, that hasn't gone away, um, and it's a, a key part of society that, that keeps on functioning. But to answer your question, I think it's, it's predominantly going to be domestic um, uh, tourism. I think it'll be, uh, you know, we're very lucky in Cork that uh, we, we, we enjoy a huge amount of business from, from the county itself, but now to, to have the whole country opened up to us as um, uh, opportunity is, is, is very exciting. Is so it too early Is it too early to talk about bookings? I mean, are they starting to roll in or anything like that? Oh, no. Gosh, I was on to the hotel this morning and, uh, you know, uh, they are absolutely out the door since uh, 6 o'clock last night and, and even people booking tentatively 
you know, we've, we've uh, as with a lot of hotels, we've all taken the view that, you know, people can book and cancel very easily. So uh, to, to take that fear away from people of things changing and, and even, God forbid, but even at this stage, you know, if, if, if infection rates soared, et cetera, et cetera, there, there is no guarantee. But we're as safe as we can be now. And I think uh, a lot of uh, colleagues in the industry have taken the view, look, at book. If you have to cancel, as I say, we are all in this together on that point alone, uh, but you can't. Well, will, will people need masks indoors? They will, yes. So uh, that, that won't change? That won't change. And uh, actually, Neil, I see that um, being a feature probably for the next 12 to 18 months. Crikey, that long? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do because, uh, I, and part of that is, I, I think um, it'll be really interesting to have this chat in six months' time and see what actually has changed and change for good, you know, um, and and how will that work, you know? Okay, you have a lot of outdoor facilities. You got a stunning outdoor mm-hmm. terrace, so and that's got, and also the gardens have been transformed, yeah. haven't they? Yep, indeed, and we're actually in the process of um, adding to our facilities. We've uh, recently received planning permission for a beautiful new uh, bar, uh, which will link our, from our existing terrace and will give us the view right down the city. So, outdoor space is. You know, you, you, you got to play to your strengths, and one of the strengths of the Montanati Hotel is our, our super, superb view. So we, we take every opportunity to take advantage of that. Yeah, and so, they're terraced, aren't they? They're on all different levels. You have the Victorian Gardens, you have the Panorama that's Terrace. Right. So it's going to be a yeah. boom summer if we get a bit of weather for people. Please God, yeah, and uh, and and you know, the knack really here is to have a facility that even if we don't have this beautiful weather, um, that uh, we're still able to cater for people in a comfortable environment. Of course, you do have a bar as well, and that you'll have an opportunity to... How are you going to work that then? That'll be June 7th. Will will there be yeah. limits, or how will that work? Yeah, there, there, there'll have to be, because, you know, I suppose we have the unusual situation, in fact, that uh, we're going to be opening June 2nd for, um, guests. Yeah. For, for, for guests and residents of the hotel. Come the 7th of June, then... You know, technically, you're allowed to open up to outside trade and non-residence trade, both from a food and a beverage perspective. Uh, now, and therein, you know, no more so than any weekend, it's down to capacity issues, what you can take, what you can't take. But yes, technically, we can open on the 7th of June for non-residential trade. Um, in our outdoor, in our, on our, uh, for, for, for outdoor dining and drinking as such, not, not indoors. Okay, just on, on a personal note, how have you found the last 13 or 14 months? Um, I found it, um, I, I have to say I found it tough. Um, you know, we, you know, as a team, as we have in the past, and unfortunately, you're, you're a little like talking to a general of war's past, um, you know, you, you, there's no getting used to this sort of isolation and frustration. And, we're, you know, naturally in the hotel sector, we're, we're all, we tend to be people, people, you know, yeah. uh, we tend to be go ahead, progressive, etc. You know, all of those platforms have been taken away from us over the last 13 months. And it's been really isolating and one thing we found is we you know we we kept a a van going for cafes and and i have to say in all honesty as the owner of the business it was more about bringing back and keeping five to seven of our people actually occupied you know and that was the big feedback coming people are saying look at i'll come back i'll do anything i just need to get out of my apartment i need to get in and get, and, and get working again. And for the first two weeks, people were totally out of sorts. And I think that's going to be a big challenge because 
when we open on the 2nd of June, naturally every customer coming in, you know, will want the full, the, 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 the full Monty, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's just really having, you know, our people in shape, in you know, and in the right headspace. Mm. So it's, it's been really tough. I, you know, I'm, I, I ordered, uh, I think, my fifth set of ASIC trainers last night. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just bordering on going on to direct debit with the majority, you know, um, and, and literally that is, and I can't say I'm losing weight because of it, but it just keeps your head straight, you know. Absolutely. I saw a text, a, t- a tweet actually overnight saying from somebody, I'm nervous as hell regarding reopening, not because of COVID, because I've been living in a weirdly happy little bubble for 13 months yeah. and I really don't want my crazy non-stop pre-COVID lifestyle back. I'm afraid of falling straight back into those bad habits. So there's there's a little bit of release anxiety, I think, out there as well. No doubt, uh, but there there also there's an opportunity with everything. I think it's it's re- before we go back onto the the, the, the main Dublin Cork Road. Uh, you know, uh, let's just pause for a moment and and look, you know, I I really think that people who may have been planning retirement don't like the look of it. People who <laughs> haven't been planning retirement <laughs> like the look of it. So I think it's a re- it's a real opportunity to kind of reassess where you are. And be the master of your own fortune. You know, if we've learned anything, we now see that in a heartbeat, what we regard as norm can be taken away from us. You better believe it. You you know what? Just control, take the reins, take the reins and make it happen. Okay, my man. Listen, all the best to you. Thanks for taking the call. June 2nd for you guys. Frankie Whelan from the Montanati Lines. Open at 1-850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. That's an interesting point, though, isn't it? Regarding release anxiety. That uh, not everybody, I don't mean to be putting a downer or turning around the cold shower on this, but that maybe not everybody is anxious to get back to the way their lives were. And maybe they found a bit of peace and tranquility in the last 13 or 14 months. But back after the break, we'll check in because Seamus Whelan was out in the streets of Cork yesterday. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And you can text 0868-104-106. Um, as I was saying, Seamus was out in the city yesterday asking, and it was, of course, ahead of Hall's announcement, but we pretty much knew what the roadmap would be in advance, and we have the roadmap now for easing restrictions. He was asking, was this the right thing to do? Was it the right time? He also wanted to know what were people most looking forward to now that we know far more about what will reopen and indeed when have a listen I want to break free you have to be positive and you can either shut the hole show down and just forget about everything and walk away or we can try and slowly adapt uh, and take it step by step and be very cautious are we going too quick too soon I would say probably not too quick and I think click and collect is kind of stupid because it's the exact same as buying online it's not really that much of a difference and will you be going to a hairdresser's or going to the bar definitely I think <laughs> I have my first dose of my vaccine so yeah, yeah I fingers don't. crossed still a bit cautious yeah <laughs> I think they need to open up at some point and even if we just gradually open up certain things then it'll kind of be a bit of an opening for the rest of the country really yeah can't wait for the restaurants can't wait for hotels can't wait for the gyms yeah it'll be good especially the hairdressers yeah I think all women need a hairdresser don't they I think it's grand to get something open and get sort of stuff and after all we're all getting back the vaccine now and uh, thank god and 
hopefully that we can get back to normal then you know i would probably be going to uh, like to go to a restaurant and uh, like hairdressers as well like and, and get the children out and kind of get them to enjoy their life again you know and what's the first thing you'll do in, in, in that roadmap? I'll take my son away, we'll go away for a night. We miss the swimming pool, he loves swimming. We live down near y'all, so we were actually at the beach two nights there, two evenings, he was surfing, Sunday and Monday, so yeah. And you wouldn't book the hairdressers or uh, Well, like I'm like with one's allowed at the minute, but yeah, that, that'd be the least of my worries. I am beautician myself, so I can do all that myself. So you'd be glad to get back to work too, would you? Yeah, I'd love to go back to work, yeah. I will be now when my son starts after school. I'm happy enough with the way they're going anyway. Yeah. Because they have to open up. The, the economy can't take much more of it. You, you know, like people have to get back. We just have to mask up and, and get vaccinated and move on. We, we can't can't go into another lockdown. The quicker the vaccines are passed out, the better. But it's pointless, it's pointless looking at the numbers on the television because they're going to keep going up and down until the vaccines are passed out. What do you plan on doing the, the first day that these the restrictions are eased? Do you plan on going back to the pub, going to the hairdressers? I don't drink. I cut, no. my, I cut my own hair. So. I cut my own hair <laughs> and I don't drink, so they're of no use to me. I'm waiting and you know what? You're looking essen- well on it. <laughs> non-essential retail I'm waiting for. I can't wait to get back and just have a wander around in the shop. Yeah, I think it's very good like because people are getting hold of their laziness now like you know looking forward to this it's something to look forward to so I think it's great yeah I think it's great oh, will you be going to a hairdresser's yourself? oh definitely I'll be over there when they're open and I'll be waiting all morning until they open <laughs> well, I, think, I think there's a good thing because I'm I'm 74 years old I can be locked up now for them well over a year like it is a bit much and just good to see the people come over around and they can visit me and family around the country like that because everyone you meet is depressed out of their brains. It will give them a bit of a boost. They give them something to look forward to. Oh, like when they get a haircut. You wouldn't go to the pub for a few pints? Oh, you go there too, yeah. Oh, that's, you can chalk that down. It's good to see like people, like everything's coming back to normal, to see it happening. Like, you, know, you need to believe in something to believe it can happen, you know? Will you be the worst fight? Will you be like India? Oh, I know. In the right All the rest of the countries are getting that. I think, I think, I think the lads here are doing the right thing. There's nothing else you can do. Like, I mean, you have to walk to the... You have to get money into the economy and... The economy needs to get back out. I mean, there's going to be an awful lot of places not going to open anymore. It's crazy. It's, it's, I know now you have to stay away and kind of whatever, but things... You know, if they open slowly, kind of... Things have to get back to normal. They have to. And what's the first thing you're you plan in this this roadmap? Get my hair done. Look at this. <laughs> what's wrong with it? Go away with that. Look how long it's gone. Oh God. And it don't grow down and it grows out. I have to get that done anyway, whatever else. Everything else can wait. As long as I get my hair done, I don't care. So yeah, we're looking forward to getting back to our tribes and our dancing and our singing. Yeah. And our be a good summer. Just chatting. Oh, about real stuff. Not worrying anymore. Or at least being around people that worry. <laughs> and watch too much news. Yeah. No peace. I want to break free. 
Freddie Mercury and Queen. And I want to break free. And so say all of us. Interesting box. One chap there says he, that people are depressed out of their brains. And for him, it'll be a pint and a haircut. Morning to you, Neil. I was hoping you might be able to wish a very happy birthday to my father, Michael Kelleher. 71st birthday. Second birthday on lockdown, like many others. But at least this year, we can see him outdoors on his special day. Listen to your show every single day. I'd be grateful if you could please wish him a very happy birthday from Dean, Julie, Kyle and Alex. And also, let me include uh, everybody else that knows him. So, happy birthday, uh, Michael Keller. Everybody thinking of you. Another fast one here. Big happy birthday shout out to our amazing mother, Carmel Whitty from Blarney, who turned Saturday, so, sorry, who turned 70 on Saturday. Tomorrow's the 1st of May. It's a great day. Mom is an incredible and resilient person. She's the glue that keeps us all together. One big happy family. We want to let her know how greatly loved she is and how appreciative we are for her unwavering love and support of all our lives from our children Caroline, Hilary, Nula, Daniel and Darren and it's nice to say those things about some of you love when they're still around to hear it so well done on that one it's a free food Friday today courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza real wood fire pizza Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillabby Street and they have a new location opening soon at the East Village in Douglas alright so we have um Three winners again today. Each of you will receive four large pizzas with sides. And of course, we're giving you the vouchers so you can go and collect them yourselves piping hot. So text 086-8104-106 who you are and where you are. And we'll pick all of those winners just before midday today. Text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 and you'll have a pizza party sometime soon if you're lucky enough to win four pizzas three more winners and an extra winner as well tell you more about that a little later on this morning back after these text the Neil Prenderville show now 086-8104-106 Red FM and we have two more family passes again this morning for Photo Wildlife Park now these are family day passes we'll have two winners on this take yourself down to uh, Photo Wildlife Park and why not particularly if you get a bit of nice weather and you can visit all the uh, different animals and inhabitants down there and uh, today being Friday we have another piece of audio for you for another guest another um, uh, type of animal that lives down in photo wildlife park let me tell you if you find out if you can guess what this is I think the kind of growly bit at the end gives it away because other than that it sounds like a bird put you out of your misery cheetahs the sound of cheetahs at Photo Wildlife Park. So you'll hear that again sometime between now and midday, around about 10 to 12. Get on the phone, then call us 10 and 11, win family passes, family day passes for Photo Wildlife Park. A lot of texts from yesterday's program on different topics of conversation, including reopening and indeed much to do with hairdressing and lots more besides. A selection of them will be paying sooner or later for the easing of these measures. <laughs> We'll be back in lockdown for the summer. Oh, good God. Keep an eye on the numbers. Just remember, Neil, we've only opened travel around the county recently, says Jerry. Um, I mean, there's always the doomsayers, isn't there? There's not much you can do about that. Anyway, keep a comment. Text 0868104106 and we'll pick it up after 10. 
Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Boy, you really have been texting in your droves with regards to nicknames on Side. Huge response to it. Massive amount of different texts from people down through the years. My grandfather was Handsome Johnny. He was Johnny Murray from Cornmarket Street on the Coal Cay. My dad was a plumber. He was known as the father because my brothers followed in his footsteps and they became known as the son and the Holy Ghost. Three pound plumbers. The father, the son and the Holy Ghost. My older brother's group uh, call one of their friends Salty Balls because his mother is English and his father is Irish. So he has one leg in each country. <laughs> Construction nicknames you'll hear regularly. The beaver, the body, the bear. Paddy Madge, all deceased now. There was a father and son. The father was small dog and the son was saucy pup. <laughs> there was a lad I worked with named Gary. Every time you passed him, he'd be leaning up against a wall chatting to someone. He was nicknamed Gary 45, as in a 45 degree angle. Chap called Joe, who worked out in the old Tops Sweet Factory in Balacolic, was known as Bazooka Joe after the chewing gum they made. I may have told you this before, but years back, years back, one of the first jobs that I actually had was in the Topps Sweet Factory in Balancholic, where they made Bazooka Joe. Um, I mean, you do get sick of the smell of Bazooka Joe chewing gum eventually, you know. Uh, I knew a bloke and his nickname was The Rock. His son was known as The Pebble, says Kieran. Nicknames from the lads I was in school with. Mankey, Manji, Monzi, Pothole, Stopper and Nozzle. You gotta wonder why. These names were made up. How do they apply to the person? My brother's name was Robert. He was a builder. I know you're expecting me to say that his nickname was Bob the Builder, but it wasn't. My brother's name was Robert. He was a builder. His nickname was Handsome Bob. I think you missed it there. Um, I used to work with someone called five foot six, five foot six, five foot seven. Because he had a limp, says Philip in the city. No disrespect to people, but I think that's very funny. Five foot six, five foot seven. I worked with a lad called Crunchy. Uh, do you remember Rent a Picket? He looked like the granddad from Mrs. Brown's Boys and he used to be at every protest in the city. He used to spend hours at the British Navy ships down by the Keys protesting. Well, I do remember um, who you're talking about, but he wasn't known as Rent the Picket. He was not, well, maybe some did. We knew him as Pat the Picket. Lovely guy, really lovely guy. And that's what he did. He literally went around picketing and protesting and he used to have placards going around but he was a lovely guy he was a very witty guy actually very funny guy Pat the Picket uh, with regards to Cork nicknames what about 20 Bags from Grona Braher Willie Singleton is his name when he used to work in the mills 20 Bags weighed one ton or a single ton hence the name 20 Bags Patsy Toomey was well, well known as Bend the Bus Stop he was a strong man. He became a lifeguard when he left the docks. He kept the name. He was my dad. A buddy told me he also had a friend called Batman because his name was Wayne Bruce. <laughs> Why did they call your dad Bend the Bus Stop? Was he strong enough to bend the bus stop poles, was it? A guy called Chili because uh, this guy's dad name, dad's name was Con Carney. I overheard it once at a soccer match. Um, <laughs> Chili Con Carney. Worked on a ship in the western coast. They used to call me Oatmeal Savage. <laughs> and believe me, that's only a section. There's a lot more than that. So keep in common text 0868104106. Really wacky cork nicknames. Lines open. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. No, this is serious now though. Sean, good morning. 
Hello. I was talking talking to Samuel earlier on, um, and his car was broken into, um, and you know, money taken, passport taken, bank card taken. Same with you, was it? Uh, yeah, it was a bit worse. Just move around there, pal, because you're breaking up a little bit. You're, it was out in the lock, was it? What happened? Um, we just woke. We were getting our boys ready for the, for Chris yesterday morning, and um, we were just about to go out. And my wife called me and said, "Sean, where's the key? Or the not the key, but the car?" And um, I said, "I just went outside straight away and looked up and down the road." And there was no sign of the car. The car was gone. And um, rang the guards straight away. They came out. And uh, took all the details and information. And How'd they get in? Out. How'd they start it? They didn't get the keys we out of the hall or anything, no? We have no idea. There was no, um, there was no trace of any glass or anything broken on the road. Um, there was no forced entry into the house. Um, but we've been told afterwards that the criminals have a scanning device now that they can scan if your if your keys are inside the yeah. house. They can scan yeah. through, through the doors and clone a key, and then um, somehow use that key then to start up your car. And they, yeah, and that could could have happened um, because it's a red Volvo XC90 Jeep. Uh, so yeah. the technology in it would be pretty good, wouldn't it? It would be yeah. So the, that colour, the red, is very rare um, because there's, there's a number of people who have admired the Jeep and um, they said you, can, you, you can't get them in red. Or they're, 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 they've never seen one of them in red. Do you think it was um, stolen because it was a beauty? Yeah. Oh, for yeah, God's sake. Yeah, it was a nice-looking nice car. And I um, spent, spent a lot of time and hard work saving up for it and to get a good family car because they've three young uh, kids under uh, four. And um, we needed a space and they wanted a good car for them and obviously worked very hard. Family car, uh, baby car seats in the back and everything. Oh, with three baby car seats. The, the, the buggy was in the back. How so old are the kids? The buggy. Uh, one, three and four. Any uh, idea what, did the guards say what they might be, what they might do with that? Is it just for fun? Is it, f- they do they try to sell them or, or what? I don't know. It, depend, it depends if it's a local, if it's local youths. It could be it could be somewhere local, um, or if it's a professional gang, um, it could be going up the north, or it could be um, yeah. pre-ordered maybe by someone abroad with a in a right-hand drive country or something like I that. I know, yeah. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully that won't happen, so, you know. And hopefully, just maybe appeal to um, people to keep an eye out um, for 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 the car. It's a bright red car with tinted black Jeep with tinted, tinted black windows in the back uh, it's a sports person um, sounds like a beauty 161C 19173 yeah so you can't miss it um, sounds like a beauty someone has to know where where it is because um, it, 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 it um, yeah it's, it's either it's either in stores somewhere local or it's gone up to motorway or country roads I don't know but is it the kind of thing that the guardie would go back and start checking CCTV in different areas adjacent yeah, to the lock, see if they can? They have checked the CCTV um, cameras in lo- local shops and um, done door to door. Did this happen last room. night or the night before? 
the, the night before. Yeah, what's it like now with three smallies like that and no wheels? Are you stuck? Oh, sure. I had to drop him in my van yesterday morning, but we had to leave the smallest fella, Robert. He's only one. He couldn't go into crash because we. I couldn't bring him in the. I can only get. I only have two seats in the in the van. And have you any plan? Pardon? Have you any plan? I mean, you're going to need. Certainly going to oh, need. Well, my wife's um, father is after giving us the end of his um, his second car, so we're just after transferring our insurance um, onto that. So we're 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 able to drive that now for um, for two weeks. Um. And at what stage well, then does it happen well, that you can get onto your insurance company? Do you have to wait a period of time? Well, no, we, we, we rang them as well yesterday morning. So they're, they're after t- taking all the details and then they've been in contact with the Gardaí and they also made contact with the, the garage that we bought it off uh, over about a year and a half ago because it was brought in from England originally. Do you think that insurance, do insurance policies allow for a car replacement in the event of theft, I wonder? I actually, we didn't even, uh, it's my wife who has been um, on the phone to them, so I, I didn't, I didn't right. even ask for okay. that question, actually. Listen, why don't you send me a, have you got a picture of the car? I do, yeah. Okay, why don't you send me a picture of it and we'll share it and stick it up online, because we have a lot of people following us. You just never know what people might spot, you know? Yeah. And I if really, I hear of anybody that might have, uh, you, you never know who could be listening. It could be a car dealer listening that might give you a loan of a car, you know, be interested in that? <laughs> I would, yeah. <laughs> Imagine you would. All right. Well, well, listen, hang in there and we'll see. We'll sh- certainly send me a photograph and we'll share it and see if it makes a difference. All right? Okay. Thanks for taking my call, Neil. Not at all. You're still shook, I can oh, tell. Take care. So, so yeah, it's a, G- it's a Jeep. It's, one, it's like... It's an XC90 Jeep, yeah. It's an SUV, yeah. yeah. All right, it's my man. Car, okay. bigger, bigger than a, a car, yeah. Very upsetting for you. Absolutely you, very upsetting. You can't miss it. Red Volvo XC90 Jeep, very rare, 161C19173. Incidentally, another text, uh, two cars broken into in the last two weeks in the Greenmount, uh, in the Green Hills Court on the South Douglas Road. Don't know if it's related to the break-ins up in Donnybrook that you spoke to in with Samuel. Well, I'm just warning people over and over again, leave absolutely nothing uh, in your car overnight or at any time because they're out there. They're just literally just prowling around there uh, looking for quick, easy pickings. Free Food Friday today, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So lunch for Common Sport Warehouse in Little Island. We'd love food, getting bit orders ready for our customers. To the staff at Mark Murphy Motors in Douglas, to Ailish in Mitchellstown, busy working from home at the kitchen table. She's been at that kitchen table since March 2020. Uh, Neil, your show has kept me 100% sane. I've laughed out loud, sobbed into my keyboard and every emotion in between in the last 13 months. Thank you for that. For all the hungry, hardworking staff at Clona Dairies who are listening in Wilton, Dave Horgan's up in Little Island working hard. So is uh, an unsigned texter working in McCroom. Uh, Mary McGough and all of the team at Argos and Mahan would love lunch. Lisa from Yall, I'm broke. My NCT is today. I have no food for the tea. <laughs> HSE on Adelaide, Adelaide Street are listening. Hennessy here on Beauty and Sarsfield Road. Um, what else have we got for you? REA O'Donoghue and Clark Auctioneer on Cook Street, O'Reilly's Crash Repairs and Drimmer League, VMware, particularly those that are working from home, Riverview Vets in Carrigaline working hard with all the cats and dogs looking for some pizza today. I want to nominate my best friend Marie. If anyone deserves it, she does. Not only is she an amazing mum to four, she's a great friend to me. She's never stopped helping people. She's pregnant.
pregnant and craving pizza non-stop. So we'll see what happens a little later on. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 104 106. Red FM. Somebody asking uh, any idea, any news when cinemas will open. I would imagine that would be later. They're talking about looking at all that kind of stuff again in June. I imagine that cinemas would fall under restaurants, bars, nightclubs and casinos indoors, wouldn't it? So that would be uh, something they'd look at again in June. A lot of text though. Most hairdressers are having major problems getting staff back as there are so many doing people's hair at home. Uh, disgrace, really. How would salons buy stock uh, over the last couple of months? How would they pay for it knowing that they would be closed, for instance? I know of one tanning shop that's been open all of the time. They should be called out. Well, don't know who you're talking about. Um, why are people so pessimistic? We've been in lockdown now for four months. Why can't people just be happy that we're getting a bit of our lives back? Stop talking about a fourth wave. Full-time moaners, the lot of them. Cop on cork. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Let's look forward to getting out again. Morning. Um, any idea if, if the government has indicated when mandatory hotel quarantine will be lifting? Sorry, apologies. I don't think about that one. I know no one is going to like me saying this, but... All morning, this is from yesterday's program, and listening about everything opening up again and how we'll be more or less back to normal. But I remember the virus, but remember the virus is still out there and the case numbers haven't gone down as people had hoped. Don't get me wrong, I'd love if we had everything like it was before, but I must agree with the caller who said it's all happening too soon, too fast. Anybody else think it's too soon, too fast? Text 0868104106. I do agree that we will open up too soon. There is not enough people vaccinated to open up this much. I think we're heading for the fourth wave. Morning, didn't we have hairdressers moaning on air for the last 12 months, begging to go back, and now they say they're not ready? I'm upset listening to these hairdressers. It seems that nobody has considered women like me. I was hoping that the hairdressers wouldn't open until my fringe had grown past my chin. It's now down past my mouth, so I need only another month. Can you ask me, Hall or Tony Hall, and leave it another while? I only need to grow one more inch, says Linda, in y'all. Must be all the y'all fresh air that you're getting. Uh, some people are never happy. We've been hearing since last year that the hairdressers have put all the correct protocols in place. So if it's done, uh, so if it's done, which is very evident to my hairdressers, what's the problem with them reopening? Some people are never happy. Hairdressers had three months to buy stock. Uh, listening to you, I'm sick of listening to you constantly talking about the pubs reopening and the hairdressers. Never once have you mentioned bingo. I'm going out of my mind, sitting here day in, day out. Well, again, I would say with regards to that, that probably will be in and around the same time uh, as you'll have. Um, remember I was mentioned earlier on stuff that would be allowed to happen indoors and that would be indoor hospitality. Wouldn't you think the bingos would, would bingo would be alongside indoor restaurants, indoor bars, casinos, things like that? All us hairdressers want to get back to work, but I do feel it's short notice. You just can't win. Uh, I want to open my salon, but I feel upset that they haven't given us time. So there's an amount of hairdressers who think they haven't got time. I mean, like, you don't have to open the door, um, you know, come the 10th of May. You can wait a little longer if your own salon isn't ready. Look at retail. They haven't gotten their date. But with a decent amount of time to prepare, the same would have been nice for salons. Well, that point is a bit mute now because we do know of a retail date. We have two dates, click and collect and the full opening. I actually can't believe hairdressers are complaining that they didn't get enough notice to open on the 10th of May. It mightn't even be the 10th of May. It could be later. Well, it will be the 10th of May. Plenty of salons can open. No hassle. That's a good thing. But people love complaining about everything. Uh, All hairdressers are absolutely delighted to be returning to our craft 
We closed on Christmas Eve after the three craziest weeks in our lives. We were completely wiped out of stock. Uh, I'd love to know uh, where other hairdressers are getting stock from. Well, you can get it from Hennessy's. Get online and they'll sort you. Save me from people. Take the pup payment off the hairdressers on the 10th of May. They won't be long opening up then. I guess all the products were used all year on the black market, tax-free. Life's been too good for them, those that worked through the pandemic uh, on the black economy. I'm a salon owner. Over half my staff won't come back because they're doing hair at home for practically the same money as the salons. Morning, uh, they're doing foxers and claiming COVID. That's what's wrong with them. And just one or two more. We spent the last 12 months bar Christmas listening to people campaigning against lockdown. Now that we're actually getting clear direction for the first time at specific dates and levels, People are moaning. It would appear that the biggest skill set people have acquired during pandemic is to become full-time moaners. So a selection of texts there from yesterday's program, and there's lots more besides that, which I'll come back to. But one of the big talking points yesterday and the last couple of days is what you're going to do when you get an opportunity to get out. Now, we've had opportunities to get out around the county, and of course, in another 10 days or so, inter-county travel, which would be great. And amongst them were people in their camper vans. Great to hear a person talking positively about camper vans. We've had one for years, completely self-contained. We always bring our rubbish home. And that's just one of a selection of texts. Um, And uh, I will clarify also, because I'm slightly confused as to whether mobile home parks and caravan parks can open on the 10th of May. Somebody's telling me that Hall said that they can. So we'll come back to that. But just with regards to camper vans and what have you. Jared, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, you have a new business. You rent them, don't you? Yes, uh, Neil. We, we've just uh, started. Uh, it's actually started this year due to the, obviously the fact that we're, we were spare time in our hands and we're looking into something else because my existing business was closed. So we looked into doing um, the motorhome hire because it's literally impossible to get something. And we thought... And where did um, you get the stock? The stock comes from it comes through Northern Ireland, but it comes from Italy, and we have the first one coming in next month. And so we're we're hoping to build it up into something fairly substantial with different, obviously different sizes. And so how different many do you do? You think, how many do you expect maybe to have when you're up and running? Well, we were, we were probably we were only hoping to you know really do for the Cork area, really for the Atlantic Way and so on. But it looks like it could be much bigger because. My daughter, who does uh, my social media side of it, gets inquiries from everywhere, other countries, Denmark, you name it, um, which is quite extraordinary, um, because it's literally only been put out in the last two or three weeks. And so, yes, it's a very incredible uh, reaction to it. So uh, we hope to um, end up with uh, three of them by next for next summer. And we'll see where we go from there. I wish you wish. I bet you wish you had a dozen of them now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yes, it's incredible because it's a, it's like it's obviously an amazing way to see the country and the luxury in these things. Uh, these modern ones, especially, are superb. Um, you know, things like king size island beds and all this sort of thing. You know, so the comfort is is there and. Uh, Relatively easy to drive, I think. Um, but yeah, there's. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting them out there now. Really. What kind of money are we talking about? Are you renting by the day, by the week, by the fortnight, or what? Well, we do is unfortunately for peak season, we have to do minimum days, so we do uh, six days minimum for the summer period. But from then on, we can we'll reduce it down to three, and um, it'll price will depend on low and high season. We have um, a link in Cork Motorhomes. 
www.wordpress.com and any and most social media Facebook and Twitter and all that you'll find it and all the rates and all are on there so um, what kind yeah. of rate I mean I, did, I had a look yesterday forgive me I don't have it in front of me but you were well, breaking I what kind of money are we talking peak about peak rate peak rate would be roughly around 170 day 70 euro a day plus insurance now the insurance unfortunately as you can imagine in Ireland is uh, not cheap it works out around 40 euro a day um, so yes, I mean, can it, I not? It, can you not transfer your car insurance onto the motorhome? Uh, I I did inquire about that, but my response wasn't great. But I don't see why not because I have my own separate business that was closed during COVID, and I have vans in that. And when I take them in for service, I simply transfer my insurance onto yeah. one of their vans, and yeah. they are a business. So yes, it's something I look at, and it certainly would be suit everybody. It would be cheaper for everyone else. It wouldn't carry an excess. Um, but it is something that we don't have at the moment because, as I said, the response wasn't wasn't ideal. But I don't see, I don't really see why not. Neil, to be honest, this it's, and it's I mean, this is spanking brand new, isn't it? I mean, I've seen the it photographs; is, yes. it's just out yes, of the box. Absolutely. So, if you were looking at an average, it's probably around about between high and low season, one hundred and fifty a night. Isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And and how yeah. many would how many would it sleep? This one sleeps four. It has uh, an island bed in the back. It was a separate door, separate bedroom, and in the front it has one of those beds that are motorized that, that lowers down. So there's no making up beds or anything like that anymore. It's a simple case of drop down the bed, the double bed in front, and you have the king size at the back. So it's very very user friendly. Fantastic. How yeah. do you know? How do you know if the person that's renting it is actually capable of driving it though? I mean, it's fine to well, say I can drive a car, but I've driven motorhomes across Europe on a couple yes. of occasions, and they're wide and they're long, and it's they different are. taking turns and corners, and it's certainly in towns and villages. How do you know? Well, absolutely, and our Irish roads, especially, let's say, for example, for us at the moment, you can only travel in Cork and West Cork, the little narrow roads. There is a certain amount of risk involved, and obviously there's an excess, so people have to be very careful, obviously, to not damage them. But I think, to be fair, you know, you you obviously have to take care of for the first day, but you do get very used to these things. I think things like door mirrors will probably uh, be facing every now and again. <laughs> but you're, you're um, optimistic for the future, though. Oh, definitely, yes. I mean, as I said, the response is just incredible. Um, and I do feel that, you know, obviously um, there's terms and conditions and, you know, people will have to, for example, be a certain age and have a key license. So I, I think all in all, it should be fine. I mean, you could be very unlucky. Um, and someone driving it, more to the point, could be very unlucky and ruin their holiday, but I wouldn't think so. I think it'll be, be fine. I think you have things like, as you're probably well aware, the most common thing probably with, with any motorhome is the length. So you have the tail swing. So that's exactly like what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's yeah, what I yeah. found, that you just have to bear in mind, you know, you do. there's I mean, a, lo- you, there's a lot think- of bus behind you. Exactly. So when you, even when you're getting into it and you've parked, just be aware of what's around you before you start to pull out even. Because if you parallel park, for example, beside a telephone pole and you turn out like you would in a car, <laughs> you could end up the, losing the back of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we won't dwell on that, shall we? will accentuate no, the positive. We look at the positive side of it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Okay. So you have more on the way, but you're up and running. And, uh, We're up and running. Yeah. Yes, and if, and people, want, if pe- people want to have a look at it, they can have a look online at the interior and the exterior. And if they want to book, they can do likewise. 
Absolutely, and we're only in Little Island when it arrives in May, anyone can come look at it physically if they want as well. Okay, well, well done on the start-up, doing something different, um, and do stay in touch. Yes. It's uh, What is the web at? Is it just literally www.corkmotorhomes.com? It is a little bit long-winded at the moment because my daughter simply made this up in a bit of a hurry. So it's corkmotorhomes.wordpress.com. Okay, that's not too bad. Shorten it as soon as you can. She's on social media as well. She's on Facebook and and Twitter and all that. Okay, well, good luck with that, Gerald. Take care of yourself. Cheers. Thanks a million for that. Take care. Corkmotorhomes.wordpress.com. Cork Business. Lines open, 1850-104-106. Staying with that, we move to... uh, Ah, sport me, old pal. How's it going? Hi Neil, how are you? I'm um, well. good. Um, are you a motorhome enthusiast? I have a motorhome for the last 15 years. Well, I'm on my third one now. And um, just it's, it's, a, it's a great way of living, you know, in semi-retirement. Um, where are you going? Where, are you, where have you been in it? France, Spain, Portugal. Uh, had planned Italy last year, but obviously that was put on hold. Uh, we'd go in May and again in September. Um, however, we haven't been away now since 2019. And have you not done any tour around Ireland? You've done a lot of Europe. Oh, I've done. I've, I've, we've done everywhere in Ireland. Uh, the Wild Atlantic Way. I've been up, up at the up at the Giant's Causeway, all down the west coast, uh, all around Kerry, down to Port McGee, uh, West Cork. Being we have the biggest county in Ireland, and uh, it's it, we're lucky. When it, we were limited to the county, we could we had a, a big county to travel in. But with the the, the influx of motorhomes over the last twelve months, parking has been a problem. Yeah, they call they call them airs. Is there airies? What what is the word that's used? How do you pronounce? Yeah, well, it's the French name airs. There's different types of airs, but the airs that we're we're talking about um, all over Europe. They're parking uh, bays. Are they actual they're park, they're, sites? They're actually. They're actually parking bays in little towns and villages. They're all over France and Spain. Um, you, you, you pull in, you can stay for one night, two nights, uh, maybe three nights. There is a place to empty your, your grey water, that's your wastewater, your chemical toilet, and you can fill up with fresh water. And for those that aren't self-contained with the solar panels to charge the batteries and stuff like that, you can actually hook up for a very nominal fee to electricity to charge your batteries for... Um, you know, 12 hours or whatever, you know. Oh, my God. Solar panels on the roof. Um, but are we found wanting here with all of that? Yes. Uh, County Council down in Cove have done a great job um, in putting in, I think it's about 30 bays there, and it's a fantastic air. Uh, it, it, it's usually full in season. Uh, people visit to, uh, you know, look at the, 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 the liners that come in and they can get the train then into Cork That's City. Right, yeah. And all the amenities are there. Now, okay, there has been a few problems that it's it's a trust thing. You're meant to, you know, pay pay your 10 euro for the night and put your ticket up on your windscreen. Some people don't do that. Um, you know, so there's a, a small loss of revenue. But if I went west there. then, say, for instance, to the beautiful towns and villages of West Cork, um, what, how would I, how would I how would I fare? Well, I did it. I did it two weeks ago when we opened up. I went away from. Uh, I, I didn't go the weekend. I went on a Monday to uh, a Friday, and I went down to uh, by Inchidani. I didn't stay there. I went down to Red Strand, and I spent the night in Red Strand. Uh, I was swimming with some of the locals that were there in the sea, and then we moved on to Long Beach. We moved on from Long Beach 
down to Trigumna. So, but then all those occasions, though, you were you were you were parking up on a beach. Well, I was parking in the parking area by a beach. Yes, and I I, I heard discussions for the last few days. People giving out about Garrett's Town. That with all the motorhomes that were there, uh, people you know the day trippers couldn't park because the motorhomes were there. Look. Motorhomers that they pay their tax and insurance, you know, and once you don't put out tables and chairs and your awnings, you know, you know they're in, they're entitled to park there. Now, I, I'm very conscious of that, and I don't take up spaces that would uh, incur inconvenience to others. Uh, we we were the only uh, motorhome in the big car park in Trogumna, and I was swimming there as well. Yeah, cold. Uh, it was cold. Was water cold? Actually, the water wasn't too bad. Uh, it was Baltic. Uh, uh, Baltic. Uh, no, it's not. You know, when you, you have to get used to it, you know. Um, and I don't wear a wetsuit either. But anyway... <laughs> oh, you're uh, a hardy character all the same. <laughs> uh, so, just, you know, so swimming, swimming is my gig, you know. But, so, um, yeah, yeah, so you presenting to Cork Council then that they need more places? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have Bantry in the marina have done a fantastic air. Uh, now they've they've done us different to Cove in that you you the barrier lifts when you go in, but to get out you have to pay. So yeah, it, well, it, they're it, dead right. Yeah, and, they're dead right, and, they, and and that's the way it should be. There's showers and toilets there, and it's a minimal fee of uh, ten euro a night. Um, the motorhomers don't mind paying if if they can just park up somewhere. Um, I spoke to Councillor Poddy Deneen, who would have been a friend of mine back in 2019. He, at the time, he was the chairman of the Tourism, Arts and Culture Strategic Policy Committee. And um, he asked me to put something together so he could send it to the Corporate and External Affairs Department of Cork City Council. This was before the boundaries were, were put in, uh, the, the city boundaries that, you know, but it, it never... It never transpired. I never got to do the Never saw the light of day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and we were discussing at the time the amenity park and the Kinsale Road where the, the dump was, yeah. which would have been ideal if they could have put um, uh, some sort of uh, underground pedestrian way to the park and ride. People had access then into the city and, you know, and to come home again. Um, it would have been fantastic. And yeah. it, it could still be done, you know, because there's plenty of hard standing areas in, in, in that amenity park. All right, well, good luck um, with that. Good luck with that undertaking. I hope it does see the light of day. Do you have any idea? Uh, there's a little bit of confusion as to when when people can go to their mobile homes. Um, I, I'm told it's May well, 10th, is it? Well, what uh, there's, there's a guy I know, he owns a, a, a campsite, motorhome site in Doonbeg, in, in, uh, in Clare. And... Um, he told everyone on the, the on Facebook on the motorhome uh, sites that are there, like motorhome uh, friendly locations, Ireland's uh, motorhome enthusiasts, Ireland. He put it up that second of June, he'd be opened full facilities. But today he says confusion reigns. Hotels, guest houses, bed and breakfasts can open on the second of June. This includes campsites. But this morning, the Taoiseach, Mister Martin, said. Caravan parks can open from the 10th of May. There you go. That's why I'm confused. I'm hearing the 2nd yeah. of May. I'm hearing the 10th, 2nd of June. I'm hearing the 10th of May. Um, I think we're looking for that piece of audio, actually, to see exactly what he did say. 
Um, yeah, he says he thinks it's probably uh, we guess for self-contained units only, right, for the 10th of May. Now, he had cancelled on, refunded all his May bookings, right, and was gearing up for the 2nd of June. So he's waiting for clarification on that. As he said, he's having a coffee and considering what, what his options are. Okay, okay. So confusion reigns in relation to, to mobile home parks, caravan parks. You know, um, we just need clarification on it. Okay, my um, man. Good luck. Any plans this summer then as to where you're going to travel? It's going to be Ireland, isn't it? Ah, uh, 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 yeah. When they open up the, the rest of the country, it'll be up to Donegal. You see, I just mentioned another thing. There's plenty of hotels, uh, you know, for example, uh, the, the, the one in Ross Carberry, um, yeah, just name is, escapes me there now, the, the, the big hotel in Ross Carberry. They used Celtic to know Ross. Motorhome. The Celtic Cross, yes. They used to allow motorhomes to park in the car park uh, down at the end for a nominal fee or if you had a meal or a drink in the hotel, mm. right? And that would not be a great idea for the hotels and pubs that have big car parks to charge a nominal fee for motorhomes to park in their facilities provide and charge them a tenner a night. They'd be able to get the takeaway, click and collect food, be able to get the takeaway points, drink outside or whatever. Gotcha. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's a, a market there for all these pubs and uh, hotels that have areas that, uh, and a lot of them do facilitate motorhomes. If the Singham pub in Donegal, they leave motorhomes park at the back there and everyone eats in the pub and okay. has the points. And okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good suggestion. Let's see if they'll take it on board. Cheers, bud. Mind yourself, Pat. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Safe travels. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Free Food Friday. Keep those uh, Free Food Friday texts coming. We've got more pizza vouchers to give away courtesy of ourselves and to Oak Fire Pizza. Text 0868-104-106. Who you are and where you are. Just a quick thing about the lack of toilet facilities in our city, which the councillors don't seem to have a problem with, but the Gardaí do have a problem with people going to the toilet on our streets. Is it legal to walk into a Garda station and use their facilities? No, it's not. Uh, the councillor disgrace. They have cut back on frontline workers with increasing administrative staff numbers. Instead, cutting the frontline, increasing the admin. As in Gary Vaux last week, and there were very few bins in relation to the size of the beach. And the ones that were there, as usual, were just full and unemptied. Your man is right. There's one small bin in Glandor, which is always full. Broken and empty bottles around the park most weekends. Glandor, and he was talking yesterday about LEP, is ignored when it comes to the council looking after it. Even the roads leading to the village are a joke. Uh, morning, putting more bins in towns will only attract more rubbish with people putting their domestic waste into it. Wasn't that always the problem? The council will want to reinvest in bin lorries, give employment to a few people, start collecting the waste themselves. But then you'd be putting the private waste companies out of business, surely. Anyway, keep them coming. Text 0868 104 106. Lines are open. You know, as you get out and about then uh, across this long weekend, and we were on the air earlier in the week talking with Pat Falvey on, on different issues, but he was posting, I think he was actually doing some work with Brenda Dennehy, uh, different walks that people might want to explore. Who better to tell you where to go walking? And uh, I mean, primarily for now, with their own within our own fair county of Cork, because you can't go further than that. But the, the weather is reasonably good, apart, apart from Monday, but say for tomorrow or indeed for Sunday, when the weather will be 
decent enough and it'll be sunny and reasonably dry apart from the odd shower. Where could we go for a walk? Uh, and who would know better than Pat Falvey? He joins me by phone. Pat, good morning. What are you recommending? Well, I'm recommending all different types of things. The main thing is to get up, get out, get fit because like, it's, uh, it's handy for reducing anxiety and stress and lowering the risk of depression. And more and more, and like I just heard about the rubbish bins there, more and more people are getting out and we're going to have to cater for that because everywhere we go now, like there's more people out with their families, which is actually a great sideswipe of the pandemic that people are going out and doing things. Like we're getting huge amounts of calls in here at our centre in relation to what to do, where to go and in actual fact, how to stay fit and how to reduce the stress and anxiety. So yeah, it's uh, it's phenomenal. Like so, it's get up, get out, get fit. You know, get those steps in, and it can be anything as little as two thousand, three thousand steps, and build it from there. That's the thing. A lot of the time, when people look at walks or hill climbing or and things like that, I know I do. I look at the distance in terms of time. You know, and you wonder because you get an option then whether it's an hour, two hours, four hours. I suppose that's obviously that makes a difference with regards to the amount of people, time people have in their hands. Well, it does, yeah. And the other thing is, walking can be done anywhere, right? Okay, and yes, of course, like we like to go out to scenic places. But even as I'm speaking to you here, every time I'm on the phone, like I'm walking around my house, getting those steps up. So, in the walking side of it, it's a matter of, you know, just getting out. I don't know whether you can hear the cuckoo or the corn crake here now, like as I'm walking around. And like people that are in the city can just go out, walk around their neighborhood. And even if they're working, and this is a great advantage for working at home, they can get out, you know, and start talking on the phone and have their meetings on the phone while they're walking. So they're doing two or three things at the one time. As long as you're not walking and texting, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, well, that's a bit of a problem. So Mushra, the Bagara Mountains, the Bera Peninsula, Gugon, the Old Head, Seven Heads, Sheep's Head. Talk to me about all of those. Yeah, well, the whole thing with it is now people are being like they're they're lifting their restrictions, going from five to twenty k, and they're going into into county, right? So all of those ones, like you know, are a progression, and it's getting out in nature, and you know the weather is getting better, and in relation to your mental health, like it's good to get away, and it's like all of those ones, especially the lower level ones, the likes of Kinsale, the likes of um, you know even beaches, like there's two and three kilometer beaches that people can go for a walk and and like what I'm suggesting is to just get out you know just to do it because lots of people like they put it into their heads like you know that as you say like it's two, three, four, five hours but in reality if you take it that this is now like the first time the in, in a long time like that we're lifting restrictions and you know the government are selling the fact like it's all about outdoors so now is the opportunity to take the outdoors into consideration and you know get out and do something what's the bear away the bear away like is absolutely fantastic like you can spend six or seven days in it or you can just do a couple of hours in any section of it um, and what you're doing is you're crossing a landscape which is you know, reasonably be safe. And, you know, like we have children from five years of age, like we do a lot of those four or five day walks with families. And it's just a matter of picking up a map. And they're usually in most of the localities where these ways are, you know, like even Sheep's Head, right? And uh, just getting out, park up That'd your be car, Sheep's Head out. right out to the lighthouse. Yeah, like, and, and you can take out sections of it or you can actually 
you know, t- like, you know, people go on holidays or they go down for a few days, like, and if it's a case there's no accommodation, like, try to get some campsite, like, that <laughs> will let you camp there. Not Don't be camping in any field. And you could take out sections every day. And no more so than, e- than ever. And this is what we're finding is, like, you know, I'm so delighted. Do you know one of my greatest joys is the fact that I'm going to meet people again. I'm able to go out actually walking with them. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a huge lift for the whole country to be able to get up and actually go out and actually be with nature. I and imagine Gugan will be will be rocking this weekend, uh, won't it? Yeah, it should be. Uh, and Gugan Barra, like, you know, is absolutely lovely. I think the big problem we're going to have, and it's... It oh, oh, oh. Still there? He's probably up the side of a mountain. Paddy, still there? Just in the middle of him saying the biggest problem we're going to have. Sorry, I lost you there. What was this big problem we were going to have? The big problem is is that we're going to be overcrowded in different places. So we're going to have to look for, you know, new kind of walks, you know, more and more and more. And I'm just talking about one of the two ones that come to mind that I love. The old head is gorgeous. I've done Sheep's it Head. Um, obviously, I've been to Gugan. I did Loch Ayn, which is absolutely glorious. There's, there's a one called Hungry Hill. What's the, what, what? That sounds well, interesting. Hungry, Why is it called Hill Hungry Hill? Yeah, well, Hungry Hill is uh, down near Castletown Bear. It's... Uh, it's, it's an ancient old mountain and they do have paths onto it. But the minute you actually transfer from the lower lands, like which are the likes of the Bear Away or, you know, any of the ways um, and you go up high, now you have to be starting to think about the fact, can you navigate, like, you know, what the weather is like. Yeah. So that's for more experienced people. And like what's happening more and more, and we see it happening now, is more and more people are training in to actually learn how to navigate. Like they're going out walking on all of the walks that they're talking about. Well, I know that, but I'm also hearing more rescue services being called out to get them. Yeah, well, this is where actually common sense has to come in. Uh, Because now, like, people can go up in the bright weather. Look, you know, down here in Carn Tool, you see it all the time. More and more people are, over 22,000 people a year now are going up Carn Tool. And what's happening with a lot of people is they don't have the experience. And then when the mist comes down, uh, they end up being rescued. So I'd suggest anyone going up into the mountains that they get on to one of the local guides, like whether it's down in Castletown Bear or, you know, up in Tipperary, <clears throat> down here in Kerry, and actually hire a, a guide to do so. But there's so, so much more to be done other than going into the mountains. So if you well, were to yeah. recommend something for a two or three hour walk and the weather is reasonably good, where would it be? Well, as you say, like Ugambara, they, they could have actually some of the woods around here. Even go down to Yall, like go for a walk in the beach. But you know, one of the favorite things now that I, after getting into in recent years, and if people take it into consideration, like is island hopping. And, you know, like say down in Castletown Bear, you have Castletown Bear Island, you have Dursey Island, and you have lots of islands like that now which you can gain access to and make it a what we call an island safari. And all it does, by the way, you don't need anybody to guide you on them. This is free. You know, going out walking and, you know, getting that mindset right is actually free for most people. But you're not recommending overnight camping um, on open land and a beautiful scenery around, you know? Is, is it that it's oh, dangerous? I, I, I mean, people used to do that. Yeah, they did, yeah. I give you a very good one there down in Rochestown, right? There was this guy went down to Castletown Bear, and it's a fellow that I know. So they went down, lovely family. They got their tent and said, oh, this is a lovely field, lovely scenery. Got out of their car, pitched their tent, right? 
So anyway, they got no permission. So the next uh, week, the farmer came along and he was quite pissed off, sorry, quite annoyed at the fact of people doing this. So he got the registra- registration of the car and your man lived in Rochestown. And the next week, didn't he go up to Rochestown, right? And park his car outside your man's house, <laughs> took out a tent, went in and pitched it in the front. Ah, You're <laughs> making that up. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, this is actually serious, right? Because your man was so peed off like about it <laughs> and uh, he, like he's a friend of Adrian McCarthy's McCarthy's pub down in Cassis down there so we're inside drinking water I said what did you do and he says your man comes out he says and he says what are you doing there oh he says I'm putting up my tent and he says what you're putting up your tent and he said you're like he said I'm staying here for the night <laughs> and then he said I get the guards and he said go oh, I get the guards so like you know he said you can't do this and he said where were you last week he said I was down in Castletown Bear and he said, what did you do? Did you put your tent in someone's field? He said, I did. He said, that was my field. You didn't even ask for permission. <laughs> so he was just making a point. Brian so in the I high B did that once, actually. Somebody put coal on the fire themselves. Some punter, a customer, put coal on the fire. And Brian went down and took a slug out of his Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's he said, amazing, my coal, like, he said. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it amazing? But the thing with it is, it's all about having fun. Like, you know, and okay... Uh, but I mean, it's just to take into consideration because it is becoming a big factor now. Like, of like most of the land in Ireland is private, and it could be the courtesy of just asking. But what I'm so excited about is the fact that so many people are out walking. You know, even when I go to Cork and I'm going to Cork in the minute uh, because Dad is ill and like we're carers for him. Okay. But, you know, I, I go to the Sacred Heart. You know, and I walk through town. You know, I walk and down, down around by the marina and back up again to get my 10,000 steps in. And, you know, there's so much to see everywhere, in every city, in every county. There's no excuse not to get up and to get out. Good man. And uh, even do like 3,000, 5,000 steps. And you know what? After this, I believe we'll have a lot healthier nation in relation to getting up. But look, do you know what the benefits of walking are? And you know, to get out there and do it because Fair it benefits play. our mental health. Fair play. You know, it Fair reduces play. the stress. You know, it lowers the risk. It gives us better sleep. But there's so many benefits. You have so everybody. You have everybody energized with the long weekend ahead. Of it. A safe trap to safe travels to Cork and regards to your dad as well. All right, do stay in touch. Thanks, Pat. And as always, thank you. Bye. Cheers, my man. He talks about the bear away, sheep's head, seven heads, the old head loop walk, uh, Art Goom, Art Groom, up the Pauline Loop, part of the bear away, Gugan Barra. He also spoke about Hungry Hill, which is a bit of a climb. It's not a jaunt. That's a climb. And, uh, I mean, she must be also lots of other ones that you guys can think of. Text 0868. 104, 106, the great Pat Falvey. Now, how am I doing time-wise? Oh, I'm a little over, but I just want to get this in if I can, apparently. This is Michal Martin uh, from earlier on this morning. It's probably a clip, I'd imagine, from Morning Ireland, just to clear up the confusion with regards to, um, say, inter-county travel. That's all right, we know that. Holiday homes... I think we're kind of okay with that, but with regards to mobile home parks. Intercounty travel uh, from the 10th of May. That means, does it, that people can travel to their holiday homes, to the caravan parks, uh, but it's ahead of the opening of hotels and B&Bs? Yes, it does indeed. And then, and again, that was on advice uh, from public health as well. And um, uh, it also is to enable families to reunite, um, grandparents to meet grandchildren. 
um, and I think that's important uh, because it, this has been a very long lockdown it's been a very tough lockdown on people um, and uh, it, it, I think it was, was it Paul Cullen the Irish Times today said you know that people have earned this uh, through their, the, the, the contribution they've made over the last number of months uh, but again we have to do it responsibly and we have to do it uh, always very attentive to how deadly this virus is and how transmissible okay, uh, so it that's, is. that's me all talking this morning about uh, mobile homes opening on the 10th of May ahead of hotels, B&Bs, self-catering and hostels, which was down for the 2nd of June. So I won't overthink that. He said the 10th of May, back after 11. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Emro Award winning music station of the year. This is Cork's Red FM. All right, do as much as we can between now and midday. We're going to. If you're a mobile homeowner, actually, or a caravan park owner, are you going to open on the 10th of May, uh, as Michal Martin is encouraging, or at least saying you can do? Text 0868104106 on that one. A quick blast of shout outs for you, courtesy of yourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So you have about 15 minutes to text who you are and where you are to win pizza at 10 minutes to midday today. Ashgrove Voiced Recycling. Morning to all of the gang there. Uh, also to everybody at Basel and Bannon Temple and all the gang working in Trigon Hotels. PMC Commercials in Bannon Hassiger listening. So are Little Island Transport. Golden Years Care Services in Ann Ward, Anne's Ward at Marymount are listening as well. Clerical staff at Anglesey Street Garda Station. Cork Cleaning Solutions in Maryborough Hill are also on board. Listening this morning, Northside Tires on the Mallow Road. Everybody at Carried Tool Pharmacy. KRC Competitions. Cork Based Company uh, doing the business. Little Island, Little Hand Child Care on Redemption Road, Essentra Packaging, um, and lots of individuals then, Barra and the Boys in Enniskeen, Cold Storage, they have Oak Fire Pizza three times a week. They're delighted if they got it free for a change. Sharon down in, um, oh, they did that already in ovens. Uh, Adrian O'Flynn and Bandon, the kids would love some pizza. Colin working in McCroom, give the missus a break from cooking dinner. Well, give her a break, cook it yourself. Pizza for the long weekend, been trying to win photo passes for the kids. We deserve something nice, says Kieran Clonakilty. Uh, Sub Zero Cryotherapy on the Grand Parade. Wow, I'd love some pizza. End of semester college exams, says Aaron on the Model Farm Road. Des is fixed and his Honda Civic in McCroom. Orla Justin Clarks in Ballinlock. Skull Trieste Special School in Glanmire are listening this morning. And just one fast one here. Give Cinderella a day off from kitchen duties, please. I'd put on the false tan, blow dry my hair and layer the glossy lippy while going to collect the pizza and sides. You are going to make all the effort, aren't you? You're going to have a total blowout and get dressed up and everything. Denise O'Sullivan on the Model Farm Road. So one more blast of uh, Free Food Friday shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. Now, um, the definitive guide for all, um, I suppose, all nicknames on Leaside uh, would be Marion Wyatt's production of Dockers. Uh, and I got a copy, and one part of Dockers, actually, um, they have Dockers after Dockers, loads of them take to the stage. And then there's a call-out. It's a fantastic scene in the play, actually, where there's a call-out of all of the Dockers' names from the docks on Side. Well, at least all of their nicknames, anyway. Far too many for me to read all out. But I have a selection for you, and we'll do some more across the morning. So here are some of the famous Side Dockers. Ate the fish, baby Docker, born drunk, Boil the water. Come out, I'll fight you. Father of the bride. Here's an interesting one. Fla away. Hairy paw. Hand me the hook. Lovely knickers. King Farouk. Mick the vampire. Neddy the donkey. Pound in me pants. 
that's just a selection. There's lots more besides that. But a quick email on it. My sister-in-law was going out with a fellow years ago. He told her he fell off his motorbike and burst, and burst his bowel. Hence name, Burst a Bowel. There was a painter who worked with a Cork painting firm. He got nicknamed Paper the Moon because he only did wallpaper hanging in this firm so they'd send him all over the country. He was an expert papering walls. He could be sent anywhere. Hence, Paper the Moon. Keep those coming. We'll do some more between now and midday. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show. Ben Lenehan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. I am talking, ladies and gentlemen, with the incredible shrinking man who has lost uh, almost 40% of his body weight while in lockdown in a Middle Eastern hotel room. But more more on that in a few minutes' time. What took you to, um, firstly, Dubai, Dubai to Qatar, and Qatar to Kuwait? What took you there? Uh, well, I mean, I studied civil engineering in Cork. And uh, then I did a master's up in, in the north in Belfast. And coming out of that, you know, just looking for work, it was not a lot back in uh, 2014, 15, but there was some work in Ireland. And then the opportunity came up in Dubai and, and I just kind of jumped at it. Um, it was very fast within 10 days of, of speaking to an Irish man who was running a company out there. I had landed on the ground. And uh, then, as he said, with, with him and with the same company, I've, I've gone from Dubai to the Qatar office. And then three years ago, I, I made a move to Kuwait to uh, to open up an office for them. Oh, here. okay. All right. So you started in Dubai, the doors of the plane open, you were hit with this wall of heat, and it hasn't stopped since, is it? Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> and what's out there? Yeah. Clearly, it's it's bound to be oil and gas or something, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, our company it's, it's quite specialized, the services we provide, but it's, it's within construction, which is booming out here. Dubai is expanding at yeah. a, a ferocious rate. Yeah. The Qatar World Cup coming up, and uh, and even in, in Kuwait here, they're they're constantly building, and obviously it's all fueled by the oil and gas. Then, so we, we would work in those two industries. And did you? I mean, did you see huge differences between them all? Dubai, very affluent, almost very Western in many ways, and lots of tourism. We we know that. Did you enjoy that? And what was the contrast between that and Qatar? Yeah, Dubai. I mean, it's it's great fun. There's there's always something going on every every weekend. It's it's like a holiday over there, and uh, that was fun. I landed in Qatar then, and I was kind of blown away by the Irish community there. Um, it was a bit more like normal life. Not no, it's still very glamorous, and like I said, the Irish community within the the GA, which is set up out here in the Middle East, was was incredible. And who do they play? Uh, what, I mean, what teams do they play against in Qatar GA? So I mean, pre-COVID, it was uh, it's it's a league within the Middle East. So you've got a different format to suit the heat out here. So it's nine aside, uh, seven minutes a half, and you'd go about five or six times a year to a tournament, either in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. Uh, Bahrain is a, is a very big tournament. Is that um, football? Is there any is there any bit of hurling? Oh yeah. So the the, the weekend format would be you'd, you'd land in after work on a Thursday. Uh, you play hurling Thursday night until one o'clock in the morning. Sometimes you're off then on Friday to play football for the day. It's it's a it's kind of a, a round robin league format and, and a kind of a final at the end of it. Then and were you uh, very much sought after because your old fellow was handy player for the Rockies and your grandfather was a Cork selector. You're aware of that? I am. I certainly didn't pick any of that up. <laughs> I, I argue about the old fellow as well. But. Uh, <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't have been sought after. But um, uh, like I said, there, there, there's all kinds of levels out there. And 
And since coming here to, to Kuwait, it's a much smaller club with a lot more uh, Americans and, and English and and a bit more grassroots stuff going on there. So, like, the, I, I got to ask the, you though, the I level got, isn't there? I got to ask you about Dubai and Qatar though, because we hear these five star hotels where Westerners are in there. It's the only place you can drink. It sounds quite—I don't know whether you have an opinion on this. But it sounds quite hypocritical, really, because I imagine at the same time the locals, the natives, are poor. I mean, the, the locals and the natives are certainly not poor. No. Uh, I, like, but they're not allowed uh, in, though, or is it? They wouldn't be allowed with, with their religion. Uh, I mean, the, the rules here are strict, and they're stricter for, for Muslims and stricter, again, for locals. So, yeah, they, they wouldn't really be allowed in. But, I mean, the, 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 the affluence in, in Qatar and Dubai amongst locals, they, all the nationals share in the wealth. So they, there's, there's huge wealth amongst them. But the poorer side is, is the other expatriate workers, the those coming from Asia, like uh, countries like India, Bangladesh, Nepal, where you've got people working uh, as labour, and and then you know the wage scale, let's say, it, it's very much, uh, very much on the lower end. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So on that side, you've got the you know, six A to a room kind of a situation. Um, Don't they have camps outside of the towns and cities where they bus workers to and from? Sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a lot of what goes on out there then, as well as the international companies insist on a, on a standard for the, your labor camps. Yeah. And then there's other companies who know how to game the system. So, you know, you've got 10,000 guys in a, in a, a city basically, which is set up just to, just to, to house and, and get them in Sleep, and out to the construction eat, industry. Get them in and out to work. Yeah. So eventually you got a transfer anyway from the GA, from the GA club in, in Qatar to the GA club in, um, in Kuwait, is it the Kuwaiti Harps? Yeah, yeah. So, um, to be honest, now, like I said, with the COVID, the, the tournaments aren't really available to us. And a couple of years ago, about three years ago, Qatar was isolated from the rest of the the Gulf countries in a economic blockade that they kind of brought in. Yeah. So a lot of my friends who I would have been playing with aren't traveling. So so for the last kind of year, year or two years, let's say I haven't done a lot, but you know, you go down training right every Friday morning, yeah, they're, they're yeah. down there training for No, I'm, I'm only joking about the guy transfer you moved with the job, didn't you, ultimately and I'd say, what, were, you, were you there, were you in Kuwait for coronavirus, for COVID? When coronavirus came, a friend of mine was getting married in Thailand, so um, I was over there last February, and you know, there, it was around, like there was talk of coronavirus, and you know, but no one really understood the extent of it at that time. Yeah, February last um, year, yeah, yeah and, you know, there was like, we were out in in, uh, in Thailand thinking, should we fly back now and, you know, delay this? And I was due to fly back on the 4th of March and the airport here in Kuwait closed on the 2nd of March. So, you know, I was I was down in the airport in Bangkok with a, a split second decision whether to fly to Qatar uh, and try and work away there or go back home to Ireland and, and ride it out. But at the time was supposed to be two weeks. But luckily I went to Qatar. So I spent six months there. The, the company, to be fair, they, they allowed me to work from there and, and do my job here in Kuwait remotely. Um, and they put me up in a hotel for six months. I ended up staying there until the airport finally opened. That's what I mean, that's uh, where this story, not that the rest of it isn't interesting, but that's, this is where this story gets mind-blowingly interesting because there you are in a hotel in Kuwait, worried about your weight because of COVID and obesity, weighing 120 kilos, and you you decided it was time to lose a bit of weight yeah yeah um like you said you know the the obesity and the, no one really knew what COVID was but it was certainly not a a good time to be obese um i think the assumption was everyone was going to get it kind of so um 
I'd always been active. I'd always been participating in sport and, you know, doing a bit of running and that, but like lifestyle would have, and then commitment, I suppose, was lacking. Just Were you finding it to, difficult to carry that weight? Um, I mean, yeah, there, there are some difficulties. I'm, it's not ideal, but, uh, you know, the lifestyle out here in the Middle East as well is you do a lot of travel, you do a yeah, lot of yeah. socializing. Yeah. And, you know, one thing leads to another and it kind of, you just let it let it go for, for longer and longer. And I this know. was kind of just a, a spanner in the works and that. So, yeah, like you said, I was living in a hotel. Um, I reached out to a couple of friends of mine who had, had recently kind of branched into the the coaching from a, a nutritional and fitness point of view and started working with them and, and still am um, just got the nutrition dialed in gave up the beer for a couple of months and uh, started cycling running uh, moved into triathlon with that and bit of gym work and yeah I dropped uh, 42 kg now so um, from 120 to, to 78 I've seen photographs yeah. of the of the you know before and after and it's like it's incredible. It's just incredible. So you did you did manage, I mean, you were living in the hotel room with access to the outdoors to get up on a bike or, you know, to do a bit of running or whatever, you know, do a triathlon and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I started walking a lot because I, w- I was working from the hotel room for a, a while because business had closed. What were you, so, you know, eating? I got into the habit of, so like, I mean, the hotel comes with a breakfast, so I just, that was easy to turn into eggs and porridge rather than, than the, the rashes and sausages. Um, and then, you know, I got just kind of, uh, food, like the way the, the, the coach I had worked was I just send them photos and, and they comment on what I could change and kind of work towards eating just veg and meat and a small bit of, uh, spuds or, or rice or something. Yeah. Um, it, it got like, I mean, there were some challenges, but it, I suppose it simplified it as well. Like I was living in a hotel, so there was a small little fridge, uh, bought a microwave and, just kind of like buying chicken fillets cooked in bulk, uh, buying rice cooked in bulk in a deli and, and just having that kind of. And, um, there was definitely a bit of organization required. Well, like, it was, like yeah, it but an awful lot of discipline to be doing all of that out of a hotel room, in fairness. Yeah, well, it's the accountability to the crowd I signed up with as well, I think, helped. You know, there is an expectation once you kind of tell someone, you're doing something that they, they've designed in terms of a plan. And and, uh, and is that, are you still, I mean, are, are you happy with your weight now or do, have you a, a, another goal? I mean, 78 sounds incredible to me, but are you looking at lower? Uh, no, I mean, I, I've stopped losing weight now in the last two or three months. I've kind of <clears throat> held around this weight. All the goals now would be kind of fitness related. Like, it's it, it opened up things to me that weren't possible before. Like what? Like, uh, well, this morning now we went out for a hundred kilometer cycle, which wouldn't have been possible. Wow! Um, What's the heat there now? Or is it hot? By the end of the ride, it was about thirty-eight degrees. Oh my! At the start, God. it was a bit lower, about twenty-seven. I mean, it, it, it's peaking out around forty at the moment, and it'll probably get up to about fifty-one, fifty-two. That's incredible to be able to do a hundred kilometer cycle in that kind of heat. I mean, you couldn't have done anything near that twelve months ago, right? No, no. And like, you know, it, it, it's not even just the, the distance then, it's the being competitive. Like I've done a few races here, uh, a half marathon, um, <laughs> did a 12 kilometer race and a sprint triathlon. And, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of placing on the leaderboard. Whereas I've done a few runs like half marathon stuff before, but it's just trying to 
get back at all like was the goal whereas that's amazing whereas now it's possible to actually kind of make an effort and, and long may and continue and well done people must be very surprised at the transformation are they family yeah 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 and like you know you'd be even just in work or people you'd know out here it's always a shock when you're in someone now right it's Really complete change of wardrobe I'd imagine right yeah 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 I had to throw everything out just on um, just on that topic you know that you know they say about Kuwait where there's there's no alcohol you, I, correct me if I'm wrong in any of this you can't wear shorts uh, women can't wear short skirts or sleeveless tops uh, I believe dating isn't allowed is all that true yeah yeah very much so look I mean there, there's there's ways around everything um, we make our own uh beer in-house here so that that's grand we have uh, about seven varieties on the, on the go at the I, moment I, I hear tell you have a, a brewery under the sink is that right? Correct yeah <laughs> we, uh, we we started out um, fermenting uh, ginger and, and water oh, no. uh, so it's a, it's a decent ginger beer and we've moved on to cider uh, <laughs> raspberry ale um, regular beer and yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's grand. It's a bit of fun, really. Um, as they say, it's not the I, same at ho- as home, though. No, no, no. It doesn't have a patch on a point of Murphy's Hour. And what's like the that, so? What's the plan? I mean, do, are a lot of the guys and girls like you out there motivated for money? It's it's tax free. Is it is it a case of making a big chunk of money? What's the long term plan? Well, for me, the motivation is you know th- there's a lot of value placed on on Western education and. And Western expats, so like, I'm able to do professionally and and get to places professionally here, which I think would take longer at home. So so for now, you know, while I'm in my twenties, that's what's motivating me. Um, and, and yeah, the, the the pay is good out here, and it, and it is tax free. Now there's there's an expense to living out here as well, obviously, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it it, it does pay to be out here. Um. But, you know, a big motivator for me, which we obviously lost in the last year, is the travel. Like like I said, I would have been traveling, you know, four to six times a year um, and, and getting the opportunity to see a lot of the world, Asia specifically. And, yeah. And that's gone now. And, and obviously the, the ability to go home is also gone. Uh, at least in the short term. Yeah, so but are you co- you're coming out, you're coming out of COVID and people being vaccinated or numbers dropping and all that? Yeah, they're after vaccinating about a million out of four. Uh, or so here in Kuwait um, there's talks that the airports could open up in July and, and, and travel would be uh, more possible but right now if you, if you were to leave the country you, you can't come back in Okay and what um, are we what are they going to do Arab countries when the world no longer needs oil and gas do they have something up their sleeve They are diversifying like they're, they're buying a lot of property I think in, in places like London and, and Paris and, Yeah, you know, they, they have big investment funds I know Kuwait has has depleted a lot of their their reserves, um, you know, during this COVID because they, they've really shut down the economy. Like there was 21 days where you couldn't um, leave your house at all here. Like it was totally against the law to, to go outside the front door. Yeah. So they, they kind of cracked down hard here and I think it took a toll on the economy. So, you know, it, it definitely changed their long-term plans. And places like Dubai are really leaning into into the tourism. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there, there's, a, there's a big finance industry in, in Dubai as well. Which which kind of keeps them afloat, uh, but but definitely like in a world without oil and gas, they're they're not what they are uh, these days. They don't have the. And power you, are, they you, have. are you out of lockdown now, or do you still have ins- restrictions imposed upon you? No, there's still a curfew, so you're still not allowed to leave your 
uh, dwellings after 7 p.m. and before 5 a.m. Okay, okay. Um, so at six, fi- so you got to be in home for that. Okay, so at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, you'll be up on the bike again for another run, will you? Or another <laughs> another hundred clicks. Uh, I will actually, unfortunately, because <laughs> I've uh, signed up for a, a, a league with a bunch of lads in Qatar. It's for a, a, a charity, a fellow in Belfast who's. It was doing uh, 10 Ironmen in 10 days for suicide awareness. So well, man, they set up a kind of a league on the back of that. So You're a glutton for punishment. Be good to stay in touch with you, see how things are going. Absolutely, yeah. I'd love it. All right, Ben. Listen, thanks for taking the time and good luck to you there. Look after yourself. Thanks, sir. Check out the photographs that we've posted online, the before and after photographs of uh, Ben Lennon on Facebook and on Twitter. It's incredible the weight loss and fairness to him. And doing all of that exercise and cycling and triathlons and marathons also in that kind of heat. It's just incredible. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. <laughs> just laughing here, reading through the different texts and communication regarding nicknames. Kieran Barry says, we had a goalkeeper in Rockmount. They called him Dracula because he dreaded crosses. <laughs> Another guy was called Drink the Rent. I mean, like, I mean, there's, we shouldn't laugh at Drink the Rent because there's obviously a story behind that. Spoke to a guy yesterday on the beach. He said, he said his name was Mickey Slaughter. I asked if he worked in a slaughterhouse. He said, no, he's a porter and wheels all the patients into the hospital theatres to have procedures done. <laughs> Mickey Slaughter. It's a guy in Toker called Roofrack. His father drove into the estate with him on the roof of their cartina, holding down sheets of plywood with his arms hanging on the roof. <laughs> They called him Roofrack. I know a fellow called the Boomerang. He moved to Australia. He didn't even get off the plane. He came straight back, straight back. Always known as the Boomerang. Uh, there was a guard called Bald Tires. He had a son called Remold. Um, not in Cork, but I heard of a young fellow on a building site called Apple Tart. <laughs> I was laughing at this during the ad break. He was going to the shop at lunchtime and asked the lads, this is on the on the building site, he was going to the shop at lunch. He asked the lads, do they want anything from the shop? One of the builders said, I'll have 20 Benson and Hedges. The young fellow said, what if they don't have Bensons? And the builder said, I just get anything. Oh, young fellow came back with an apple tart. Years ago in primary school, we went to, to, on a tour to Dublin Zoo. One lad named Cotter actually fell into the otter enclosure while messing. He's been known... <laughs> He's been known as Cotter the Otter ever since. I know somebody called Pothole. He thinks he's the only one who knows everything and is always right. So he's best avoided like a Pothole. How about 20 bags for the legend Willie Singleton? Singleton. I know someone whose nickname is Thirsty Trout because he works in a fish and chip shop. My husband worked with a fellow called Stab the Rasher because one night he took someone else's food. I think I might have more on that story in a couple of seconds. Another one called The Bungalow. There's nothing going on upstairs. I know a fellow with one arm shorter than the other. His name is Big Ben. What? 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 Why? Why am I missing something? My uncle's name was The Crick. He was meant to be a right pain in the neck. I know called Five Ticket Willie because he won five, he won ten grand on a scratch card just one time there's reams of these um, just one or two more the balloon he always said don't let me down now lads don't let me down now nicknamed the balloon ah, that's incredible I'll come back to those in calls as well keep them coming One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. back to earlier on this morning um, and we've shared pictures now at this stage of the Volvo Jeep the very distinctive red Volvo Jeep that was uh, robbed um, on uh, this would have been on Wednesday night. Patrick is a company called iTrolley.ie, formerly the energy store. Patrick, good morning. Morning, Neil. You heard that conversation. I did. I did. And it's I, a family I, I, man I, I, with I, I, three small children, all under the age of four. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I have had my car broken into and it, it got me thinking and I contacted Brenda. Um, we sell, and I actually have myself, uh, ring the ring doorbell. Um, it, 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 it detects motion outside your house, even a small motion like a cat. Um, and I find them brilliant. So um, I kind of thought that it'd be great to, for myself just to... Uh, catch on uh, a camera and I'll install it as well. Yeah, because he was talking about I know to some extent the horse is bolted but they'd feel a lot safer after it happened. It, it, you know? it's, it's safer as well Neil. and like you can talk to anyone anywhere in the, in the world like I've talked to people when I'm in the US on my ring doorbell you know and, and if someone's delivering packages or anything like that it's just a bit of security at the end of the day. They're fantastic you know, pieces of tech I have one. If you're not yeah. there the bell will literally go off on your phone you can open it up yeah. The only problem I have on it is it takes so long to open the damn app that I have that whoever was at the door has left. Is there any way around that? Yeah, keep keep updating your phone um, is one thing. And if it, if it takes too long to open, just close it down and, and open it up again. Yeah. It, it does, sometimes it does it does, it does take it, but obviously it's going on in the back of your phone. Are you with Android, Neil? Android, or, yeah, you, yeah, Android. Yeah, they, they, that, that's the problem. You should be an iPhone person again. <laughs> I wouldn't know my way around an iPhone. I wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't even be able to turn it on. Never mind anything. You know the way you get you don't turn it off. You know, I know, but it's completely different. It's like chalk and cheese. I literally would not know. You know? Really? I thought you were an iPhone person before. About uh, about um, iPhone 2 or iPhone 3 ago. That's, that's how long I'm listening to you. So. A long time ago. But anyway, the bell, the bell then records every single thing because there's a yeah. tiny camera on it and it's high res. Yeah. Yeah, it's high res and it's uh, you have night vision as well inside it. So, like even even myself in the uh, now, I, I actually installed the smart door uh, in my house in Glamire, and uh, basically I can leave the uh, the delivery man with packages into the house and all. Very posh. Very, Very posh. posh. Yeah, that opens the lock on the front door. Yeah. That's incredible. Opens the lock, yeah. And it's cork made as well. Shame, I don't have that. I have the bell, all right, but not that. Yes, okay, so video. if somebody wants to get one fitted, can they go through you? Yes, I trolley dolly, uh, or give us a call here we, in Little Island as well. But what are we talking about cost-wise? Give, an awful lot, give people an awful lot of peace of mind. How much? Hey, well, well, let's see for yourself. We, we have a sale just started today anyway, but uh, it's 200 euros for the bell normally, and that includes the installer as well. So. That's that's great peace of mind. It records literally everything. You can yeah. view it in real time we, we or record it on your show phone. people as well. Okay, so you're going to sort out that family whose car yeah, was stolen? I, I will, I, I'll, I'll give Sean a call there in a few minutes. You're the greatest. Patrick, thank you so much. Appreciate Have a great it. Weekend. You too. Check yeah. out his website, i-trolley.ie. Let me stay with the phone lines and squeeze in as much as I can this side of midday. Paul Desmond, morning, Paul. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very well. And you are, of course, the dad of the great Trace of Cake. So lovely talking to you. Are you up in Ballincollig as well? Yeah, the last time I spoke, you know, was in uh, Ema's wedding in Nurture. Well, there you go. It was a great day, wasn't it? Oh, brilliant. Great day. How long ago was that? About 15 years ago? I don't know how long ago that is. I know. It was only about five or six years ago. It was a great wedding. Did 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 you work in Pfizer's back in the day? I did. And I, that's why I rang, because I love the nicknames, but I love the uh, stories behind them. That's the funny. Do you hear the one there about the young fellow on the building side? He went up for 20 Benson and Hedges, came back with an epitaph. But the one, <laughs> I, what happened to us was, we walked the fires, we walked shift work. And they'd ask you, would, could you walk till four in the morning? or if you were finished early, until 12, you know? Gotcha. And if the canteen, the canteen would supply a meal for you. But if the canteen was closed, 
don't at night time, obviously, they'd leave a pack for you. Normally, sausages and rashers and stuff like that, you know? The big so, fry up then, if you like. Yeah, it's four o'clock in the morning, so it's lovely. <laughs> but um, we got, I think it was five of us walking one night and the five packs were delivered and into the fridge. And we all had our meal. And then Martin left off for the meal and his meal was gone. Right? Yeah. And there was a big, well, obviously, within two days, we had another note to know who took it. How did you do that? More than most, more than anything else. You know, fellas see you going in, they see you coming out, and friends cooking and all that. So there were five, there were five fry-ups on five plates, but when you went in, there was only four. Yes, they're being the tin foil now, you know, (laughs) as they're being wrapped. Anyway, we eventually found out who it was, and next the boys came up with a name called Stab the Rasher, because the Rasher were gone. And I just think it's absolutely classic. <laughs> and I have one other one. How, how did he feel about being called Stab the Rasher? Did he deny it? I don't think he ever knew it. An in house thing, you know. And just there was another, um, another one in years ago. A couple of times I remember Mace United. We were a football team that was formed out of a. Uh, co-op in Leesham Street and we were only doing we weren't a great team but we had a great social life you know <laughs> we, were, we were the best social team in the country right. the social playing, club was thriving yeah <laughs> yeah we we played a match in you know, one day and on the way home of course we stopped in Milton and as, we, as you do those days yeah. so there was a sing song going on and a particular fella here now he lives in Ballincollig as well now I won't mention his name uh he went up to sea and he sang a boy named Sue. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And up to the day, 50 years ago now, he still called Sue. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, playing, you were playing a match, you see, and um, <laughs> you have, if you're passing the ball, you have to call the right name. You know, it's a, those heads was a, a free against you. So, what? It was a photo. How do we explain that? You, you you can't, um, it was ungentlemanly conduct, you know. <laughs> but we were playing a match in Shush Road one day and it was famous for a free dairy bars. And next, someone was passing the ball and they shouted, Sue. <laughs> and Derry Barrow said to me, who the fuck is Sue? <laughs> That's just explained to him then who Sue was, you know. You mean you'd be, <laughs> you, it, would be it would be called, you'd be penalised like with a foul or something if you called yeah. a guy by his nickname playing soccer? No, you have to call it a name. But once the refs knew who the name was, you were grand. John or Michael and everything was grand, you know? You have to call his name to pass him the ball. Well, it was a gentlemanly thing to do. All right, well, that's what they say about soccer. Don't they say that about soccer, a gentleman's game? Yes, but the the thing about it is that you could have your head down and you'd know where you were going to hit the ball to. And you (laughs) knew who was there. So you'd shout, so he'd start running before... You hit the ball, you see. There's another fellow here. Says, I remember a guy called Trap Six because he had a head yeah. like a, he had a, Do you remember he had a head like a greyhound? <laughs> yeah, we had a fellow called Trap Seven actually <laughs> because he he didn't like dogs. <laughs> are there only six traps? There are. <laughs> that's all. That's all we call him Trap Seven. Obviously, <laughs> there was another fellow called Dulux because he had only one coat. <laughs> 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 
I'm enjoying it all the week now. Nice really one. Well, listen, it's lovely talking yeah. to you, Paul. Enjoy the weekend, I, all right? Look after yourself. I tell you hello to Brenda and Nemo. They're looking across the glass and they're waving back to you. Mind yourself. Thanks so much, bye, Paul bye. Desmond. Bye. Cheers, bye. my man. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Here's an interesting one. Sheep's head and his son lamb's head. Then we worked with a fellow called the Kettle because he was always steaming. Not as an angry, I doubt, but probably kind of half caught. The Kettle. I mean, go and figure that one. Another fellow was called Stop the Lights. That probably had to do with Quicksilver. And I've got more as well. We'll get back to my phone lines. Mick the Frick, morning. All right. Hey, Neil. How's it going? So where did you get Mick the Frick? Oh, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I, I didn't look into it. But he don't know it like the thing. I sent you one man there about a friend of mine. I know to get it on Instagram. The fellow, the Pog. Which one? The Pogue, he's called. After the dog, you know, the Pogue. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Did he have a face right. like a Pogue or something? No, no, but he's, he's bloody Christian. And after his mother was after getting two Pogues or something, so he was living in the house with the mother. But one of the lads called one night, knocked at the door, and the mother went into nicknames, right? So he said, uh, any chance he could see the Pogue? <laughs> so she said, oh, he's, I'm just after bringing him in out the way. And she said, I'm doing him off by the fire. The she said, <laughs> Come in, she said. So I went in, but your man was embarrassed. Like, and he, the dog was sitting on the chair and told her over me. So he said, look, Mrs. Kenty, I was going there. So the following day, the pog, and he, my buddy, the mother met him, and she said, come here, there was a young placard. He looked for the pog last night. Well, he said, I'm the pog. And then I went, God, who christened you? That she said. Did, you, did his buddy yeah. think that his mother was giving a bath to a grown man, is it? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was tired of it. She said he didn't stay too long. But he was, as I said, like, all oh, my family have nicknames, like, well, like, my brother's whack, or I've called him Malty. Are you telling me that you have no idea where Mick the Frick came from? When did it start? No, I, actually, since I was very young, definitely, like, 60 years ago, and later, 50 years ago. You know? It just came about for no particular yeah, reason. I was putting it out to freckles, but I never got to the end of it. I don't <laughs> actually know who christened me, but like, I was christened a fair few fellas as well. Like, there was a fellow with us there, he was, hopefully, he was coming in day walk, you know, when he was going to school, yeah. one day a week, but he was coming in on a Friday, so I christened him Robinson. <laughs> Robinson told so, like, the walk was done, why Friday? It was an audience, then he, you, you'll be talking, and next you turn around, and he'd be standing behind you, so I christened him the ninja. <laughs> I love the one, the famous one of two old fellas watching a local GAA match. And one asks, why is that young fella on the pitch called Chili? He's a fine player. Who is he? The other fellow turns and says, ah, that's Con Carney's lad. <laughs> that's good. But there was a fellow, me, that was a not a player. I'd be going, we'd go down to walk. And there were all young fellas. I'd be too old. It's probably in the van at the time. But just was more of the know, He's in America, you know, settled down now. But he was more of the full women. So he was going down the road and he said to me, he was calling me Faldo because I had a pair of shoes one then and he said, well, I called shoes. So he used to call you what? Faldo? Faldo. Uh, after Nick Faldo. <laughs> so we were going down next. He said, so I said, see, see that one there. He said, I see that. I was out with her. That's my ex. But don't know the hundred years. That's my ex there. So I christened him Malcolm X then. <laughs> Go on, leave me alone, will you? <laughs> 
Look after yourself, Mick the Frick. Uh, just listen to today's podcast and the nicknames of Corkonians. I once had a friend called Hand Me Down the Moon. On a building site years ago, uh, there was a fellow we called Mickey Midnight. Another was called The Weasel, Bow Lawan. And a name I came up with, The Walking Dead, for a fellow who lives in Carrigaline. Love the show. I also remember Neil uh, growing up. We called him Nelly. Happy days. <laughs> Please keep my identity private. <laughs> For what reason? Because you called me Nelly as a young fellow, is it? Anyway, back to the phone lines. Kelly, good morning. Morning. Guy with the large head was known as Sniper's Dream. <laughs> Where did they get these? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. What have you got for me? Um, boots. They called me Boots. Why? Um, I was playing dart. I played dart for the Joshua um, dart team. And a few of us were out one night. And one of them said to me, Kelly, your boots are lovely. I said, well, I said, would you believe? I said, they're actually ankle boots, but they go up to my knees because I'm so short. <laughs> I said, how, how short? I'm 4'11". <laughs> and I have pretty small legs. Boots, <laughs> 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 so, yeah, and they've been calling me boots. And, oh, my God, I love it, I yeah. love it, I love it. And did you stay at 4'11", you did? I'd say I'm smaller now. I'm just thinking another bit instead. So if you're walking down the street and somebody notices and says hello, it's hello boots, is it? Let's say uh, my dad's team. And I was saying in the pub we'd be having a game of dad's to be all screaming, come on boots, come on boots. <laughs> yeah, I was in the pub one night and one of the buddies, uh, friends, he was there and he thought they were saying, uh, go on boots. <laughs> so next thing he's there shouting, come on to have a nickname boobs or are you happy with boots oh I stick with boots I say <laughs> oh my god oh I love it yeah. I love it thanks Kelly cheers have a good weekend enjoy the long weekend back after the break the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850 104 106 ok last bunch of shout outs for free food Friday courtesy of and Oak Fire Pizza Breed O'Leary planning and design consultants near Glenville morning to everybody at RPC College in Grenada, particularly Ross and all of the lads. Wise Tech Solutions, Dean in Rochestown, um, Seth and his girlfriend are in college. They also have a newborn and uh, would love not to cook for a change. Uh, Oak Fire Pizza, please. My husband's birthday next week and my nephew will be 18, says Carol. My 60th birthday is real soon. It would be awesome to win, says Brenda O'Sullivan up in St. Luke's. Uh, special boy in Dunamore, Glenn Murphy raised two grand for Focus Ireland. He did the big rebel sleep out. Well done. Uh, our bundle of joy, Ollie Bullman a huge first birthday for tomorrow they'd love pizza he had a tough start actually spent six weeks in the neonatal after resuscitation not long after delivery boy we touched on that topic actually a couple of weeks back so happy first birthday to little Ollie Ward 3B at the CUH my kids Charlie in Germany is Char- Jeremy I should say is Charlie's birthday next month and Natasha's listening in Clonakilty Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike everybody at Cupcake Cottage in Ang- on Anglesey Street morning to Nicholas and Frankie working hard all week Rachel Sheehan's in touch she's at Wise Tech Solutions in Dublin Hill Cheeky Cherubs Focus Physio and Balancholic Smurf at Kappa The Plumbing Counter at Irish International Traders uh, Packaging Cork and Paula Duff All to Domus at the airport Smurf at Ma- Maintenance Department uh, O'Driscoll's Motors in Inniscarra Bridgewater Homes in Besborough listening this morning as is everybody at Unpost in Inniskeen and Ballanine 
Bandon and Clon to uh, everybody at Barter Travel in Bandon and just two or three more for all the lads in Irish Distillers working hard and Riverstick Motors I wish I could do more but I've probably run out of time we'll do some Free Food Friday winners in a few minutes time lines are open at one 850 106 text 0868-104-106 Mary good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for holding. You're driving at the moment. Anyway, nicknames. Go for it. Um, it was someone called Saura. And the reason was they were never happy and they would have a face that would turn milk sour. <laughs> <laughs> that was what we call a resting bitch face. They had a kind of a glum yes. look upon them. Saura. Yes. Saura. <laughs> Did they know that? Oh, no. No, they didn't. How is it so many people who didn't have complimentary nicknames never knew about him in the first place, do you think? Well, I, I, well, I don't think the Saura one would be complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Saura. Do you still know Saura? So, I knew Saura, yeah. I knew Saura. But, uh, well, they're dead and gone now. They're long dead and gone now. But, um, yeah, I knew who it was. So there's a good chance you had a nickname behind your back as well, did you? Oh, I probably did. I probably did. I probably still do like, and I don't know them either. So. All right, girl, look after yourself. Appreciate it. Thanks for All that. Right. Much obliged. Okay. Uh, just a quick one coming in here. I worked in Crown Cork, but we had a lad called The Baby. He was in his late 20s, married, but looked about 12. Wouldn't you love it? Wouldn't you love it? A lad in Hurricane used to walk his dog and play football all day. Um, uh, not quite sure what that means. A guy called Black Tongue. Black tongue, he was constantly lying. One of the lads we nicknamed Candles. So when he would go to women, he was constantly getting blown out. <laughs> I couldn't understand the, the surprise they didn't know it, but I couldn't work out Big Ben. So somebody came back and said the reason he was called Big Ben is because the clock face has one arm longer than the other. Surprise you didn't know that. Well, I do now. It's, it's bleeding obvious when you tell me. So thank you. The Eggman, has he been mentioned? Anyone got off a bus in the city in the last 40 years will know him. Yes, indeed. And he's still traveling around with the eggs. And off he goes about his business. I think he comes in from West Cork, actually. Mick the Moroccan. Uh, my dad, the late Michael Haynes, was known as Mick the Moroccan. He used to soak up the sun. Once met a guy called Mouthful of Stones. Because he always talked through gritted teeth. Oh, I thought he was trying to put on a posh accent. He talked through gritted teeth. Mouth full of stones. My dad was a bus driver. His nickname was Jaws. Because he, no te- he had no teeth. Jerry Walsh was his name. He got his teeth taken out at a young age. Never got around to uh, replacing them, I see. Follow the box. He used to check the deaths in the examiner every morning to see if he knew anyone who was dead. He then get time off to go to the funeral and a good chance chance of a few drinks. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850 We've got some Free Food Friday winners just after the break. But also, not just that, we also have this. <laughs> Get dialing now, 10 and 11, 1850-104-106. Family Day passes for the Wildlife Park. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now, 086-8104-106. Red FM. A woman I once worked with, we used to call her the Kit Kat, or just Kit Kat, because she would keep asking when her break was as soon as she came in the front door to work. Like you guys are just absolutely cast. Keep them coming. There's been so many, but many, but I love them. I really do. Listen, on a serious note, I was walking past the end of the South Mall last night, coming onto the South Mall as a texter. At around about 9 p.m., two gangs of men, some women, gathered, and a young man was attacked. 
and he had been severely punched to the floor by them and appeared to be unconscious whilst the gang stood over him, taunting him. Neil Cork said he's becoming dangerous and there is no guardy anywhere to be seen. Thugs are running our streets. I live in the city so I know and I'm sick of feeling unsafe walking home from work. Please, would you please raise awareness about our dangerous streets? Contact and ask the guardy what exactly are they being paid for as they don't appear to be doing their job properly. I live in the city, I can tell. Please don't give out my name if this topic is mentioned on air. Well, we've been in touch with Garda Press and I can certainly follow up. I, don't, I think always for reasons of confidentiality, the guards will never tell you how many guards are on the streets at any one time. But I'll come back and revisit that again on Tuesday. But thanks for the text. Happy anniversary, 100th anniversary to Barrett's Copine, the shop, bar and agri and post office shop. There are 100 years in business today. That's of all the staff, past and present, great employers. And also, would you please wish my brother Mark McCormick a happy birthday. He's the best brother a sister can have. He loves your show, never misses it. You'll be surprised to hear his, he would be surprised to hear his name on the radio. If possible, maybe something nice as a gift. But if you can't, just his name on the radio will do. Happy birthday, Mark McCormick. Our winners for Foda, family day passes for Foda, Pat O'Neill at St. Teresa's Road, Francis Hackett at Reen Downey Place in Friars Walk. Also, free food Friday winners with four pizza vouchers from Oak Fire Pizza, the large ones with sides. Uh, and they are, just after completing my first week in Wise Tech Solutions in Dublin Hill, everybody's been so welcoming. It would be a great gift for the kindness and their help to me, says Connor. Sorted for you and your workmates. My sister Laura's working at home in Kilcully for Clodera since the first lockdown last March. Sorted for pizza for all of the family. And this one which I read out earlier on, it's lovely. A very special boy in Dunhamore. His name is Glenn Murphy. He raised €2,000 in five days for Focus Ireland. He did the big rebel sleep out on Saturday night and he lives for pizza. What kid doesn't? Well done, Glenn. There's pizza for you and all of the family and size as well, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Okay, we'll come back to all other business. Not on Monday, but Tuesday, so do enjoy the bank holiday weekend. See you then. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.